Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. I got bronchitis. Bye. It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid. This is Common Man and T-Bone. So she comes up to me and says, who is this man? And I said, exactly. He looks right. like the Crypt Keeper, because he is. And by the way, I'm tired of reading all these articles. See, now what you've done is you've gotten me off on this rant that no one wants to hear. We got football to talk about today, dude. Featuring Panama Ted. Too hot. Leanna Ray on traffic. You know I hate you guys, right? And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want to remind everybody that it's Columbus Day. He's the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the place. Does that make any sense to you? This is Common Man and T-Bone. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Mucus Wednesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a big program today. All the news and notes you need as we go on campus at 448. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Boner? Well, we got the NBA draft tonight. So I thought we would do a little NBA draft trivia. We're going to give you a couple names from a draft, and you got to tell me who was taken higher. And uh, I will just, fail miserably. Well, here's the thing. I thought like some of these are going to be decent names, guys you've heard of, bigger names. But some of these, I thought I, I just want to I want to bring back some guys that I have not talked about in a while that I enjoyed watching. So there will just be some names that are in there that you may or may not even remember, and that's okay. I was I was quizzing Colin on some of these guys before the show. And I realized that the guys that I look upon fondly as like, oh, yeah, that guy was pretty decent in the NBA. Oh, I remember watching his games. Colin is like, no idea. Because Colin's like 10 years younger than us. And so, or more. So we don't have the same reference points from the draft or from all these players. So this will be a walk down memory lane for some of us. For some of you, you'll have never heard of these guys. And that's okay. We'll, we'll educate you on, on some of the uh, players that were in the mid nineties and the late eighties and, yeah, that era of the NBA that I love to watch, and I know you did too, Mike. So. I am looking forward to failing miserably on this uh, game show today. Buckeyes getting ready for Indiana on Saturday. Noon kick here on the fans. Some news coming down today that no longer will close friends and family members be allowed in the stadium for home games. So if you thought it looked sparse before, get ready, because ain't nobody going to be there this yeah. weekend. I mean, look, that's that's the reality we're dealing with right now. Even if that is somewhat of an optics thing, is it a great idea to to be inviting fans to come out to games when, like, in Franklin County, they're encouraging people not to go anywhere other than to go to the grocery store or school or work, and then, you know, if you got to go to the doctor, but that's about it. Like, they're not encouraging people to go do other things like that. So it would probably look bad if Ohio State then was like, no, but come on in, and even though you're friends and family – Come on in and watch the game. I, I get that. I think it's it's a smart move just to say let's let's just not let's not do that right now. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I thought it was a little odd that the the friends and family section seemed to be 
one section, one or two sections. You've got a whole lower bowl that you could just spread people out and have a good old time, and you don't have to be within 30 feet of a person if you didn't want to, but they put them in that one section or two sections. That always rang a little strange to me, and it wasn't just at Ohio State where they did that. They did that all over the place. I guess they only want to have limited amount of staff in there, and they don't want to open up all seating areas because then you have to have more staff, I guess. I get it. But I don't know if, you know, the the parent, Justin Fields' parents being there is going to make a big difference. But you're right. This is, an, this is an optics play. Yeah. Reality is, I think, for most of those guys, while it would be nice to have your family out there and, and people that you care about, you care about playing football games right now and trying to get through this season and have a chance to win, in the Buckeyes' case, a national championship. So if your friends and family can't be there, if people that you care about can't be in the stadium, it does stink. It's not ideal, but it's also better than not having any games. So let's let's hope we can keep having the games, number one. That's the main thing. Yes, and this is a a big one this weekend, and we'll, of course, talk more about it as the week goes on. I was talking to a friend of mine today. I was getting a haircut, and he was asking me about the the football game and my read on everything. And, you know, I, I, I watched some Indiana film this morning. I think they're a much improved football team. They very well could be the second best football team in this conference. And I know the rankings tell you they are, but they, they can lie to you. I think that this shouldn't be an issue, though. I say that and watch. The Buckeyes will lose on Saturday, (laughs) and all of you will blame me. And when I say shouldn't be an issue, Buckeyes aren't going out there on Saturday and winning by 40 points. It's not going to be one of those games. I hope it is. I know that's boring to a lot of people. Utter dominance is always fun to watch if my team is on the right side of that dominance. When I say there's nothing to worry about, I think comfortably we're at a two-score football game on Saturday. That's just my initial read on things. I'm curious to get your take on it. Yeah, I feel like the game has certainly the potential to be more of a nail-biter, but you know, I I think more so than any of the games they've played so far. Let's put it that way. Like I do think Indiana is one of the better teams they will play on their schedule all year, and they're vastly improved. We have seen Indiana in the past on occasion give the Buckeyes a little bit of a scare. You know, I mean, this is this is something that, that happens every so often where you just get a little weird and you go, wait a second, is Indiana actually trying to be in this game? That's not good. This team's a little different. They, they felt like they left a lot on the table last year with having the injury to Michael Penix Jr., who's now been playing really well for them. He was playing well to start the season last year, and then he got hurt. So I think they look at it as they, they are a season behind from where they should be. So I, I don't doubt that a lot of this is good, and they are a worthy team to be in the top 25. Will they? Would they? Are they a top 10 team in a normal year where we had normal offseason, conferences weren't starting at all different times, games are getting canceled left and right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they still are, or maybe this is just a little bit too of they've been able to overcome this better than other teams. You know, they've had, they had their moment against Penn State. Let's not forget that was an iffy call at the end of that game. They certainly deserve to be in that game. They were competitive against Penn State, but this Penn State team that we are now talking about like a, like a disaster, a dumpster fire, that's who they struggled to beat. And it seems right. the Buckeyes mostly didn't have a problem beating. So, does that mean Indiana's going to come in and beat the Buckeyes? I don't feel like that's the case. I, I'm sure anything can happen in college football. We've seen it many a time, but 
it feels like Ohio State's got the horses on both sides of the football to outlast a good Indiana team that I think is going to bring it and be a solid team. I just, I just think there's going to be too much from Ohio State. I'm sure you didn't watch it, but we had a little bit of a thing last night. Buffalo running back Jarrett Patterson ran the ball 31 times for 301 yards and four touchdowns in a victory against Bowling Green last night. That's Let him good. live. Jarrett Patterson, all 5'8 of him. My guy. Yeah. Hey, man. That's a, a robust, like, nine-plus yards per carry. You're getting almost 10 yards a carry there. I'll take that. I think that'd be a, a good day at the office for anybody. So, yeah, good for him, man. 300-yard days don't come that often. So it's uh, pretty exciting to see. I remember when Eddie George went for, was it 314, I think he had, against Illinois back in the day? Do you remember this game? Where yeah, he, I remember the game. I don't remember the exact yardage. I think it was I think it was somewhere around that number, but it was like notable at the time because in his freshman season, Eddie had like three fumbles against Illinois or just like an, an awful game. And then when he had his 300-yard game, it was I remember I still have the paper somewhere. I think I saved it of just how they were like this is the redemption for Eddie George and it was, you know, during his Heisman year and he was he was just phenomenal that year, but 300 yard games, man. I like that's how impactful they are to me because that was one that still sticks out in my head to this day. I I will never forget watching that game. The NBA draft is tonight. My favorite event of the season. Riker Ford fan poll nine seven one thefan dot com. Who will be the first player picked in tonight's draft? You have Anthony Edwards, who is fantastic on ER and Top Gun. James Wiseman, who I do not have a smart-ass response for. LaMelo Ball or other. The Timberwolves have the first pick in the draft tonight. Bone, who's going number one? Uh, It's tough. It's tough for me because I... Not being as familiar with what all these teams need. I mean, I, from everything I've heard, everyone thinks LaMelo Ball is the best player in the draft. Uh, but then I've seen the consensus picks that Anthony Edwards is going to be the number one guy just because that fits more of what Minnesota needs. That's the so betting I, I, favorite in Vegas, by the way, Anthony yeah. Edwards. And I, I assume, though, if you're, here's my, my naive take on this entire thing. I assume if you're picking number one, you need everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, they do. So it, it certainly is... I don't think they're as bad as some teams that end up with the number one pick, but yeah, they want to get someone who fits exactly what they're trying to do. Here's something that you might not know about Anthony Edwards. Uh, this is a little interview that he recently did where he was talking with ESPN's Alex Scarborough. This is probably not the interview his agents would want to come out prior to the draft, especially not the day before the draft. Uh, he said that when it comes to basketball, quote, I'm still not really into it. Oh, no. <laughs> then he said, no. then he said, I love basketball. Yeah. Then a pause. Then basketball is my heart, but football is where I started. So I'll never forget about that. <laughs> Just and then, lie. And Just then he said, lie. <laughs> and then he said, then he tried to catch himself. He said, but, but don't get me wrong. Basketball is my number one because I feel like it's going to get me through a lot of the stuff I need to get through. I love what I do. It's a job. I feel like I'm working right now. I love it. Like <laughs> he went on to talk about how he's like a real rapper and he is very good at that and that he will eventually put out a rap album once he gets settled into the NBA. He doesn't want to like try to throw all that out there at once. He wants to get focused on playing. What does in the that NBA, mean? He's a real rapper as like, opposed to a fake one. He's saying like some of the guys who have put out rap albums over the years who are in the NBA, they're like NBA players who have money and can go in a studio and thus get someone to make a record for them. He's all saying, right, but I'm sure all of them thought they were good. That's why they put out the album. 
Yeah, that's right. And so that may be the case with Anthony Edwards as well. But in either case, a little bit of that being floated around today about how he's not really into basketball. And that's been a little bit of a concern with him is that how how much of this is going to be, yes, I just love this game. I will be in the gym. I will be watching film. I will be doing anything I can to become the best basketball player I can be. Or is it because he just happens to be athletically gifted enough to play basketball, but it's not his number one thing he'd prefer to do with his life. It's just stupid not to play when you're that good. You could be the number one pick in the draft. Of course you should play basketball. I do, I do feel a little bit for players who are in that position because what are you supposed to do if you're seven feet tall, you're 275 pounds or whatever? I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying for guys that are built like that and, and, and you can actually run the floor, you can dribble a little bit. You'd be foolish not to play this sport, right? But if your dream was to be an accountant, I mean, <laughs> you're going to feel like you're not doing the thing you love. If you really love being an accountant, I get that. Like there's something else you want to do, but you have to do this because you're so talented. Many of us would like to have that problem, Mike, but yeah, Anthony no Edwards, kidding. Anthony Edwards appears to be a little conflicted in, in, being the number one possibly overall pick in this draft. I find that interesting. NBA draft tonight. Will Anthony Edwards go number one? Jimmy Crack Corn, I will not be watching. <laughs> the NFL is already making their plans for 2021. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some road construction closing down the left lane of 71 southbound between I-70 and Greenlawn Avenue. This is for repairs and maintenance. Plan on some heavy backups over here and about a 5 to 10 minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by Amazon. Amazon is now hiring near you. From boxing it up to sending it on its way, every package they deliver matters to someone. Ready to work hard to make someone's every day? Immediate hourly roles are available at Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Only an array with fan traffic the most listened to show in greenland this is man and bone oh we're big in greenland bone you know this huge in greenland let's see what the weather is today in nook nook which is the biggest city in greenland today it is right now it's 37 degrees in nook that's all That's I have all right. for you. 37 I could, I could degrees. Do, I could do all right with that temperature there. Uh, I like to bring this up from time to time because I know that it uh, frustrates you, but it's it's real, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. Good. Are, are you aware that Greenland is much smaller than what oh, our globe you shows you? Oh, stop with this. It is. I know, it but is. you're just like, what are those guys? You just, you just have to have your little facts. And okay. it bothers me. What do you mean, little facts? It's He's like, real. Um, I just want to point out that the the the, the, the Alanis Morissette song doesn't really have anything ironic in it, and Greenland is much smaller than on maps. Actually, go that about is, your day. That is very on brand for me on both accounts. I yes, agree with I know it is. I know you, and your entire quest is to ruin everybody's day. All right, but let me give you statistically a better way to quantify that because there is an effect with the globe where it distorts the size of countries that are closer to the top and bottom. Jesus. What happened there? Are you okay? <laughs> what you do? I just dropped my phone on the wooden desk. <laughs> All right, wow. that phone's All broken. Right. <laughs> Well, enjoy that. Uh, all right. So for comparative purposes, all right, Greenland 
is 836,000 square miles. That's that's a fairly big piece of land, right? That's that's fine. Uh South America is 6.8 million square miles. South America is eight times the size of Greenland. All right, got and, it. Like I find that that is just a mind-blowing stat because when you look at them on the map, you never think that, but that's what we're dealing with. So Greenland, tiny. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not overrated. Tiny. It's tiny. It's tiny. Africa is 11.7 million square miles. I mean, it's you can't even talk. I mean, that's just ridiculous how much bigger Africa is than Greenland, and yet they kind of look like they're the same Are size. Are there people like walking around outside today that you came across that just saw you at the grocery store and said, "Hey, just want to let you know, Africa bigger than Greenland." Yeah, and then it got you all pissed off. Who thinks that? Who thinks Africa's bigger than Greenland? People who look at globes. That's who. That's who would think that, Mike. And I want to set the record straight. I like Greenland. Thank God but you're I like here. It. I like it for its coziness. It's so tiny. Mm-hmm. It's a welcoming, tiny, frozen little country. And That's I'm right. ready to go there. Let's go. Uh, NFL dates have been announced for 2021. What do we have? We have the franchise slash transition player designation period. That's mm-hmm. going to start on February 23rd and run through March. You have the 2021 league year beginning on March 17th at 4 o'clock Eastern time. The start of off-season workouts for all teams with a new head coach will be April 5th. So my Bears will get underway on April 5th. <laughs> you have the start of you off-season so. workouts for all other teams. Oh, please, don't toy with me. Uh, April 19th for all other teams. Last day of restricted free agent signing period is going to be April 23rd. Last day to match an offer sheet is for a restricted free agent is going to be April 26th. Is that? No, 28th. And the draft will be April 29th through May 1st. So the league, and I'll tell you what, man, the 2020 calendar year for the league, we were just getting into Corona time in March, and we were saying there's no way the league is going to stick to these dates and these schedules, and they stuck to every single one. So global apocalypse or not, these will be the dates for the NFL in 2021. I think the only thing that could cause some of this to change, right, would be if Greenland expands in size and they're so shocked (laughs) by it, they say we can't have it now. I I hate to break it to you, Mike. I don't think Greenland's expanding, just for what it's worth. But uh, this, the only thing that could change that is if the college football calendar drastically changes. Like if, if, it's been floated that they might have to play like a championship game in February. Maybe something that drastic would get them to say, you know what? Let's put the draft, let's push the draft back just a little bit. Let's push the combine back just a little bit so that the players in those teams could still have a chance to go play in that and then go to the combine, go to the draft. They may do that. They may choose to say, screw you, college football. We don't care with the NFL. Get your bleep together and then go about their season as is. And if players opt out, players opt out. But I, I again, outside of something crazy like that, you're probably right. This will all end up being going the way we think it will. It'll all probably happen as this schedule's laid out currently. Your Browns put three on the COVID-19 reserve list today. Charlie Hewlett, who is the deep snapper, Jack Conklin, offensive tackle, and your guy, Cody Parkey, all go on the COVID list today. And I would assume because it's Wednesday, they are ruled out, right, for this weekend? Uh, I would think so, unless there's something where they're able to... Is Did they say, because I, I didn't see that, did they say for sure that they had 
positive tests, or do they just say they came into contact with someone and they could possibly test negative and get now back you have out to of have it? me dig deeper? No, on this. I already know they're all high okay. contacts. That's why oh, they're they all were. high contacts. Yep. Okay, so theoretically they could test out of this and still get back to play. One would hope because they don't actually have a positive test; they just have the the contact things. So also fingers- today, Miles Garrett was sent home because he was feeling sick. So. Yeah. That's, he hasn't that's, tested positive for anything, but and, and hey, man, I have a cold right now. Sure, I yeah. don't have corona. Colds did not disappear, so it's perfectly reasonable for a guy to be sick otherwise. But of course, in the day and age that we live, better be safe than sorry. Yeah, I, I want to say before he got hurt, Odo Beckham Jr. He was feeling ill yes, for a couple right. of days, and then ended up still being able to play. So. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's not going to be able to play this weekend, but obviously Miles Garrett missing the game would be a, a huge uh, bit of news. So if that is to happen, we'll, of course, keep you posted. But as of right now, I, that doesn't sound like what we're dealing with yet, but uh, something else to keep an eye on throughout the rest of this week. Well, that's the thing with this football season, both professionally and college football, is that you just sort of hold your breath until your team starts playing the game, right? I mean, you can't... We, we think this game against Indiana is good to go this weekend. We're getting our, our whistle wet for it, which is a term I do not like. I don't know why I used it. I apologize. Yeah, well, I'd rather you use blow your schnoz whenever you can. Don't use wet your whistle ever again. You can blow your schnoz all you That's want, but fine. don't wet We're your whistle around schnoz me, sir. in anticipation for this game, but until they actually kick off, we, I mean, there's a chance it could go away. We have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm just... I think we need to have a list of like phrases that we don't ever want to hear again. Well, wet let's your whistle write it down. Is, all right, that's that's going on the list. Wet your whistle, not good. Wet your let's whistle because you don't want to blow on a dry whistle. You gotta you gotta lick <laughs> your lips and wet it. Does that ever happen? By the way, like if sometimes you've ever blown a whistle. Too dry. Have yeah. you had to go up to the whistle and lick it first? I mean, I, uh, admittedly, sure I haven't blown a whistle. Water? I have not blown a whistle in a long time. <laughs> So I don't know. But, you know, Harbaugh's got the whistle in his mouth. Maybe that's the problem this year is that his whistle's too dry. Yeah, He's got to wet his whistle, and his team won't be one and three. I'm going to make that phrase even more objectionable by saying Jim Harbaugh needs a moist whistle. you got to lube up that whistle. <laughs> Hi, Jim Harbaugh here for Whistle Lube. Have you have you found yourself in these dry winter months with a dry whistle? That's well, right. Get it lubed up right now. Dry Don't ever have a dry whistle. Uh, have lick a wet your whistle. Lips, lube up that whistle <laughs> with whistle lube. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. The Pac-12 going back to the drawing board. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An accident to watch out for on the roads. You'll find a crash on 71 southbound at Main Street. This is an injury accident. Please be cautious in this area. Traffic is backed up to 5th Avenue. Plan about a 30-minute duration. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza. Made with tomato bell pepper sauce. Covered in the finest blend of fontina and mozzarella cheeses. And topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Uh-oh, Robbie Uh-oh. Cano. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So here's the news that just came down. Your guy, Mets second baseman, uh-huh. Robbie Cano, has uh, tested positive for a banned substance again. 
And so he's suspended yeah. for the entire 2021 season, 162-game ban for him. Mm-hmm. Rob, and I was just watching Robbie Cano this past season, and I remember thinking to myself, he's having a nice year. He's largely been irrelevant for the last three and a half, four years, and maybe now we know why he had such a nice year this this shortened season because he was on roids or whatever the modern equivalent of roids is. I know that explanation is simplistic. It's more than just, Hey, Lyle Alzado, give me some steroids. It's different than that. <laughs> right. But this is the second violation for Robinson Cano and he's going to be suspended for the entire season. It goes without saying, of course, that he will not earn any money. He'll just have to go back on his nest egg of $180 million that yeah. he probably has in the bank, so let him live. Yeah, he's also got uh, two more. He was supposed to earn this year $24 million. That all goes away, like you said. And then the next two years, he still owed those that, that amount of money for the next two seasons after this year. So... Uh, he he will still have forty eight million dollars theoretically coming his way, but yeah, that's that's for a guy by the way who's thirty seven years old, due to turn thirty eight years old this upcoming season. Uh, I don't know how many more years you plan on seeing Robinson Cano, but while he looked decent this year, Mike, do you know what he did in his first year with the Mets? Did you happen to catch yeah, that? Yeah, no, nothing. No, nothing is exactly right. If I had, if he played in one hundred and seven games, so he was ouchy a bit. But if I told you to guess last year, last year, not this Are you season right? we just Are you had, I got a, up? <laughs> I had a burp that just came up. I'm sorry. Jesus. I don't know what to tell you. It just hit me twice. I thought I got it all out and I didn't. I'm sorry. I was trying to work my way through it. Let's get back. I would just, I would rather you just acknowledge that you were vomiting as opposed to trying well, to work through it. I was worried it was hiccups, but it's not. It's just a burp that came back twice. I've never had that happen. But <laughs> right. Sorry, I'll have to, I'll have to amend my uh, digest- digestion for the show. But uh, do you know, want to take a guess how many home runs he hit in 107 games last year? That's not the only metric, of course, but for a guy who's somewhat known for his power, what, what would you guess he hit in 107 games? How many home runs did he 13. have last year? Well, that's exactly right. That's and exactly I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking at the stats. So, <laughs> he was brutal in his yeah, first he's year. He's brutal. So the Mets are probably glad that he tested positive. They're probably trying to shove the needle in his butt as we speak because they're like, yeah, let's make sure. We don't want to pay you next year. You suck. He, yes, he was good this year, but we know why, clearly. That's I an easy explanation. Further. For these cheaters, I want to take it a step further. I understand that Robbie Cano is not going to get paid and the Mets don't have to pay him any money. But I think if you get popped, let's say for the second violation, you know, first violation, I'll give it to you. Sometimes ignorance is an excuse, although I don't think it should take away from your punishment. Where guys just say, hey, man, I was stupid. I didn't read the label. I had no idea this was a thing. When you've tested positive twice, when you've been disciplined by Major League Baseball twice, Robbie Cano should have to pay $24 million to charity. Not only does he not get paid, he has to pay his yearly salary to charity. That's uh, that's what we call a double whammy in the business, Mike. That's, that's right. That's not getting paid and then taking money out of your own pocket to pay Hashtag back the contract. DP. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't get paid as much as he normally would this year, right? Because we heard about that constantly, about how the players you know, had to take a lot less and they weren't necessarily happy about it. But so he didn't make as much as he would have this year. He doesn't make any of the money next year. So I, whatever, he's hurting a little bit in the pocketbook, but not really because all the money he's already made over his career. He'll be he'll be fine. He'll figure out a way to survive. Does it bother sure. you that you know someone like Robbie Cano, who is now a two time cheater, is still still has like a hundred million dollars? 
I mean, I know yeah, the, I mean, the it, team it knew that. Because... I mean, they knew he was a cheater. They still decided to pay him the money, but or did they? When did he first test positive? Was it oh, after I he signed his big deal? Uh, I think you're right. I don't think they signed. I I could be wrong on that, but I thought he did that after he got signed. I could be wrong, but either way, I we said that at the time, like when the Mets brought him in was. And with Seattle prior to that was, do you know what this guy's actually doing? Like, are we sure that this guy's clean? And the answer clearly still is no. God, I'm looking at his career earnings on baseball reference. What do you think it is? $275 million. $214. You're, okay. you're, you're a little high. I was a little he'll high have to that. get right. by on some food stamps this year. $214. I think, I think he'll manage. Yeah, so that's... But like I said, I mean, now that Mr. Cohen, who's always here, Mr. Cohen took over the team, I'm happy that Steve Cohen will spend money, and now he doesn't have to spend $24 million on a guy who, other than this year when he was clearly getting all the help he could get, now that that guy who's usually not that good or wasn't the first year with the Mets will probably not be good this year, wasn't going to be anyway. Now you can go hopefully pay for someone who actually can do something for you. So uh, let's go. The Pac-12 is going back to the drawing board, and I, I wonder if the Big Ten will consider, consider doing something like this as well, where the Pac-12 is saying, hey, it, it's not fair, I guess, if you have these schools that are just sitting home and they don't have any positive virus tests, or at least not enough virus, positive virus tests to not play a game, but their opponent does. Should we allow these teams to go out and schedule non-conference opponents on the fly just so that they can go play. Uh, initially, the answer was no, just like the answer is no in the Big Ten as well. But now they're going to go back and, I guess, have the presidents vote on this, and they may change their minds, which I think is a smart thing to do. I'm not saying that you're like Nebraska and you go out and just start schedule. Oh, well, we didn't know. Here's a, I didn't know we couldn't schedule a non-conference game. You got to get the entire conference on board with this. But as we've seen this become a trend, to me, it sounds like a smart thing. If the Buckeyes are sitting home again and there's a Mac team they can play for the weekend and just to be able to go through some reps and get some live action, wouldn't that be the better thing to do than just sit idle? Yeah, I, I do think the issue that, that exists here is, is good to be handled the way the Pac-12 is doing it because you should get everybody else on board first before you make these decisions and not make them just as they happen and, and when teams have a problem, then suddenly they just say, we want to change the rules. That was my issue with Nebraska when they had their situation where Wisconsin's game got canceled and they didn't do anything wrong. Nebraska didn't. And they wanted to say, well, can we get a non-conference team in? And they had it all lined up, and the Big Ten said, no, you're not allowed to do it. My problem with that is, did everybody agree on the rules or not? Like, apparently everyone did, because that's how this works in the Big Ten. So if you didn't like those rules at the time, you should have gotten more people to agree with you to say, no, we, we should be allowed to schedule these games. Instead of having it all be approved, and then after the fact, after the fact, change it up. That's not good. And, and so, Thankfully, I, I think this is the way the Pac-12 should do it. Hopefully, the Big Ten will think about doing that, too. I agree with you, Mike, that it should be allowed, but let's have everybody come to an agreement first on what that looks like before you just start trying to run your own schedule and not consulting with anybody. 
We talked about Robinson Cano and all the money that he's going to leave on the table for this year. Don't cry for him. He's made $214 million, and that doesn't even count his future earnings that he will make as well, which you said, what, is a paltry, even with the year taken off, $48 million? Yeah, uh, twenty. Yeah, twenty-four million a year for the next two years. It's all right. Year. So let him live on that. Robbie Cano, very rich, suspended again, but I'm sure he doesn't even care. There is another guy who is so rich, I guess, and so powerful that he looks at fifty million dollars, spits on it, and says, "No, I don't want it." Instead. Trade me to this other place. We'll talk about that coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find that earlier injury accident has cleared from 71 southbound at Main Street. All lanes are open in that area. It's an accident now on 71 northbound before East Broad Street. This is another injury crash, and traffic is slow for I-70. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza, made with tomato bell pepper sauce, covered in the finest blend of fontina and mozzarella cheeses, and topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. Only an array with fan traffic. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Mucus Wednesday on campus coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. 5 o'clock hour is a game show. What's the game this week, Boner? Doing a little NBA draft trivia in honor of the draft being tonight. I'm going to give you a, a year and a couple of players from that year's NBA draft, and you have to tell me who was drafted higher. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. We'll do that at 534. Thanks for sending me this story, by the way, to enrage <laughs> me even more. Is that your entire goal in life? <laughs> Just to get me so angry that I just quit the show. Is that it? Is that what you're trying to no, do? No, I we. Yeah, I know you love cooking shows. I, I know do you love particularly love British cooking shows. I do. Watch- I'm not a big fan of Nigella Lawson, but uh, let her live. She loves her cocaine. Anyway, I did. I didn't know who she was until today. But oh, she hosts- I, I, Nigella's a. She's a big one. Okay. Well, I, she has a show called Nigella's Eat cook repeat on the bbc so obviously yes in great britain she's a big deal and probably elsewhere too as you obviously can attest to so, so on on the show do you want to set it up or you want me to do it i'll set it up and then you, right, you tell me what you think so she was on the show giving her opinion on the best way to butter toast now that seems to be like to me the least cook show thing you need to do Buttering toast is not something I would tune into a cooking show to learn how to do, but she felt like she wanted to give her opinion on it. Fine. It's her show. So she said that viewers need to spread butter on the hot toast as soon as it comes out of the toaster before letting it settle. But then she says, apply a second layer of butter and finish it with a sprinkling of salt. She says, I agree with all of this, by the way. You do? Okay. I do. I I love this method. She says the first helping gives the toast a fabulous crumpety bite. Stage two, now ready for it? I need a little more butter, and it will stay in some golden patches on the surface. This, to me, is aggravating, because if I were watching a cooking show and they spent time telling you how to butter toast, I would... I would say I never want to watch this show again because you're insulting my First intelligence. First of all, she's done like 300 million cooking shows. This probably took up 30 seconds of one episode. Do you think the entire episode was about how to butter toast? Yes, I do, actually. I yeah, think that's that was the was. entire episode, how to butter toast. 
So you were mad at the people who were mad at her. I'm mad at the people who are mad. I'm mad at everybody who's outraged about everything all the time. And don't watch the damn show. It was probably 30 seconds on this show. And you know why I'm mad? Because people are stupid. You think people aren't stupid? I read these reviews on these recipes that I check out, right? I was reading one the other day about a, it's a dough recipe. First comment I read. I don't have a rolling pin. How do I make this? Then why are you trying to make it? If you don't have a rolling pin, you idiot. These people don't know anything. They need to be taught how to butter toast properly because they're stupid. <laughs> I will also say, though, if you have buttered toast before and said, mm, not good enough, how have you not figured out what you like to put on toast? Maybe like, as far as buttering missing. it. I think you should stop right now, go toast something, and butter it her way. No, but my, my point is, like, I'm sure anyone can figure out how to butter toast. It's toast. Have it's the easiest thing you can make. People, have you yes. seen people? I was outside today. I couldn't believe all the idiots that I saw. Just in life, I can't believe these people exist. Right. You're probably listening to me right now, and you have no idea how your radio turned on. <laughs> Just turns on when I get in the car. <laughs> I don't know how it came on. How are these guys talking to me? That's Well, that is actually how we try to get listeners, is we sneak around to car dealerships in the dead of night. Just turn them all on. open up all the doors and flip them to 97.1. I wish I could turn it off. Yeah, I don't know we, how. Because no one knows how to change their radios, Mike. You're exactly right. I no wish I could turn off out. my radio and butter my toast. <laughs> I just think that the the concept to me of like, well, what is it that people don't know how to do? It's like, you know what people don't know how to do when it comes to cooking? If you just say to someone, saute this, they don't, that's something people don't know how to do necessarily. Or if it's like pan fry versus saute, what's the difference? Well, that is something maybe you would want to learn from a cooking expert. I don't need her to spend five minutes on the show talking about toast. I'm actually on their side, Mike. Screw her. You're an idiot. Screw You're you, Nigella They're Lawson. Idiot. They're idiots. You're watching the show because of her. You're watching the. She's telling you this is what I like. Okay, that's fine. You're watching because you care about her, not necessarily. Be, are you sitting there with a legal pad? Like I'm going to write down this recipe. Oh, I see what you did there with the sautéing. No, you want to be entertained for a half hour. You want to learn about this person's personality, what they like to eat, what they don't like to eat, how they prepare it. She took 20 seconds out of her show and said, "Here's how I like to butter toast." Okay, onto this bowl of blow that I have on the table here. Let me snort it up for you. That's what she probably did. <laughs> To your point, even though I disagree with you, but I do think the people in Britain who are getting offended by this, if they watched Pioneer Woman, their heads would explode. Where it's like, okay, well, I've spent two minutes showing you how to bake cookies, and now I'm going to take seven minutes showing you what my husband does with the cattle. Like, if you're mad about her wasting a couple minutes on buttered toast, what are you going to have to say when Lad shows up with his hay truck? Like, that has you know nothing Lad's to do with name. cooking. No, don't you know Lad's name? <laughs> of course I know his name. I watch the show. I like Pioneer <laughs> Woman. And you know what? I'd probably not like Nigella Lawson, too. I don't really care. I just thought that is such a weird thing to do on a cooking show is here's how I butter my toast. But you know what? You're right. She's done hundreds of cooking shows. Maybe that's why. She just got bored and said, let's butter some toast. She's got some money, but she probably doesn't have as much as James Harden. The Houston Rockets want to give James Harden $50 million a year. They want to make him the first $50 million a year player in the NBA. Somebody called up me and said, hey, would you like $50 million? I would run over their house, strip off all my clothes, and do whatever the hell they want. James Harden says, no, 
I'll pass. I'd like you to trade me to Brooklyn instead. So he wants to get out. The Rockets want to pay him. He doesn't want any of their money. He wants to go to Brooklyn. You and I were talking about this briefly yesterday off the air. My knowledge of the NBA is very limited. I need someone to tell me how the NBA butters toast. Okay? I have no <laughs> idea. But I, even my pea brain is finding it hard to believe there's enough basketball to go around in Brooklyn to satisfy all the people that want to play there. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be fair. That would be James Harden's been the leading scorer in the NBA the last three years. You put him with Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the league when healthy, and then Kyrie Irving, arguably the best ball handler, and it's between him and guys like James Harden when it comes to getting to the rim as far as being able to do that. You've got three amazing offensive talents. They could theoretically score 150 points a game, if everyone could just get along and optimize exactly each possession to the right guy on the right matchup every time. But we know that's not how it actually works in real life. When you have three megastars like that, plenty of teams have made it work. But you do have to be kind of like the Warriors, right? I mean, when they had their thing going, they obviously were able to integrate Kevin Durant in no problem because they already had a team that was like, yes, we know the system. We've got a great head coach. We pass the ball around. We have our system. Kevin Durant's just going to fit in and buy in into that. The Nets don't have that system. Kevin Durant has not played a game for them yet. Kyrie Irving has been a very confusing figure, to put it lightly, everywhere he goes, who knows how combustible that locker room will be if the three of them are involved in it. And and you have a new head coach there, too, So in, in Steve Nash. So I don't know how that necessarily will work out if that were to even happen. But all the reports say the Rockets have like no motivation to trade James Harden to the Nets. They are looking for, again, the leading score in the NBA – they're not going to just take up a, a couple of picks and call it a day. He still has three years left on his deal. It's a $133 million deal. The third year is a player option. So if you deal him and then the team's going to sign him to a new contract, that's fine. They were trying to offer him the contract, lock him up, make him a rocket for the rest of his career. He didn't want to do that. They're saying, well, if you don't want to do that, we're going to wait around until someone gives us a stud young player and a bunch of picks. We're not going to trade you right away unless we get that type of offer. And they have a, a similar type of deal with Russell Westbrook, though he's not as probably of high value as James Harden. But they've got both those guys still there. They're saying, we can just ride this out until one or both of you gets dealt. But no, they don't seem like they're motivated to deal him to the Nets where he would like to go. We will talk about good and bad football announcers coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching that accident on 71 northbound before East Broad Street. Traffic is backed up to I-70 in this area. This is an injury crash. Please be cautious as they work to get the roadways clear and watch out for the crews in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza. Made with tomato bell pepper sauce. Covered in the finest blend of fontina and mozzarella cheeses. And topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. Only an array with fan traffic. The show that will tickle you stupid. This is Man and Bone. Happy Wednesday. It's Mucus Wednesday here on The Fan. On campus, all the news and notes you need coming up at 448. We have a game show in the 5 o'clock hour. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports here on The Fan. So do I sound better than yesterday, worse than yesterday, or the same? I think you sound about 
the same to trending better is what I would say. Okay, trending I'll better. take that. Yeah. You know what I did during the break? What'd you do during the break? Hold on. Oh, God, mm. I don't, what's happening? What is, what's I had going some on? good toast, Nigella. Oh, I did it just like she said. Oh, I'm going to take another bite. Okay, that's good. I'm mm. glad you buttered I'm, I'm glad you buttered your toast during no, the break. No, I buttered it and I, I sprinkled some sea salt on top just like she told me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just Can I just say like sometimes we get too cute with food? I mean, you're Pass making the toast. nose candy. No, you're passing you're you're making toast, right? Like that's where my biggest frustration came in with not that people getting mad about it or not getting mad about it. It's that she said the perfect way to butter toast is not once but two times layering on the butter and then a slight sprinkling of sea salt. If you can't enjoy buttered toast with slapping on some butter and eating it instantly, then we may just be a little too far gone in how perfect our food has to be before it's delicious. I'm just saying, lower your standards. If you can't eat regular old buttered toast, then but you need Nigella to dress it up for you. No, sorry. Then maybe you've just become too far gone on having perfection in every aspect of your life. That's Let me tell I'm you saying. something, man. Looking at people, everybody's lowered their standards, okay? <laughs> Every you have lowered your standards enough. You should not be lowering your standards anymore. Wouldn't you want the best version of toast you can make? Wouldn't you want that? What I'm saying I didn't, she, is, I didn't. She didn't say go churn some butter. She said put two things of butter on. Right. Well, what, what I'm saying said. is, it's that it, it's that that thing where we're always chasing like the best version of of some dish. The be, like we have to make the absolute most extreme best version. You're right. You could take it even further and make some like compound butter thing. You could actually make the bread yourself. Uh you could you're right. There's a whole nother levels you could go to this. I'm just saying at what point have we lost it as a society where it's like, you know what though? A loaf of bread in a toaster for a couple minutes and then slap some you know, Lando Lakes on it. We're good. Like that, that should be enough for most of us. If it's not, perhaps like we're maybe, maybe we don't have as many problems in life as we think if we're able to like spend a lot of time on how to butter our toast. That's what I'm saying. Speaking of buttering toast, let's talk about good and bad football announcers. T-Bone, you have this story. Our friends at Awful Announcing have come up with this list. Now, how did they determine Who's good? Who's bad? How did they come from, up with this? From what I understand of it, this is a ranking that they do every year, and it's from the it's from the people who read awfulannouncing.com, which is a good website. They always have lots of good things about the announcers of sports, but just other sports stuff as well. They usually break news on you know various happenings at ESPN or whatever. So their readers voted on this, and this is where they've got the totals. Okay, uh, I have got I've got fifteen like. Worst to best. Do you want to do that, or, or where do you want me are to they, start? Are they, hold on a second. Is this just based on their work this season, or is this like yes. lifetime? No, they do this every year. They reevaluate the teams every year. And so they even, they have rankings from, uh, previous years to, you know, how they, you know, how they're doing this year. So every year they take all the broadcast teams in the NFL and they give you like the top 15. So this is just from 2020. Can I take Coming, a guess of who's number one? Yeah, go ahead. Take a guess at number one. I'm going to say Nance and Romo are number one. That is a ding-ding. You've got that correct. You want to try to guess the top three? I'll say Nance and Romo, number one. I'll say Michaels and Collinsworth, number two. You got that right as well. I'll say... Man, a lot of people don't like Joe Buck, though. So I, I, To me, they deserve to be up there, but I'm trying to think like people. All right? 
You, so you are I, so far on the right track with all of what you're saying. Okay. Then they'll probably do something like Ian Eagle and whoever the hell he's with for number mm, three. You were close. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis were fourth. Uh, third is a, is a crew that I do really like, and I know you like this guy. At least uh, you hold him in a special place in your heart. Kevin Harlan and Trent Green were third. I do like Kevin Harlan. I thought you liked, but don't you like Trent Green? I thought he was your guy. No, I, yes, he is my guy. I mean, yeah. he was my guy when he played. He's a fine analyst, too, but I think Kevin Harlan's always been underrated as an announcer. Yeah, I've enjoyed Kevin Harlan. I always like him. So there you go. That's your top three. Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, like I said, are fourth. Kevin Burkhart and Daryl Johnston oh, are fifth. And hey, then Kevin you Burkhart, get- are you gluten-free? You want to tell us about that today? <laughs> You Here's how I butter toast. I don't need it. <laughs> no wheat Man, for me. Have I mentioned that today? Man, you hate him. And that's fine. Uh, and they actually pointed this out. I will read you the breakdown of what they said about number six crew, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, which I think that is pretty ridiculous that they're down all the way at six. It, it is ridiculous. Uh, they said people are still hating on Joe Buck for no actual reason, huh? And then it says the Buck Aikman duo received seven point three percent, seven point three six percent of the F votes, the third highest of any broadcast team in the polling, ahead of just the teams in the last and third from the bottom. So, like, they got some of the biggest amount of F votes, but also Can I ask a, the most it, com- because- the most common grade was A. All right, but is it because like when they do a game, especially Troy, but Joe doesn't care either. When someone sucks, they'll actually point it out. Hey, this guy is not playing well. This guy can't make this throw. This guy's not any good. As opposed to, I got Chris Collinsworth loves everybody. Is that is that why people like Chris Collinsworth? I don't know the answer on that because yeah, I mean, I think I tend to think a lot of the play by play, uh, like the play by play gets weighted higher in these things. Not that they like. I'm saying I think when people look at you know, Iron Eagle, let's say, you, you just even said Iron Eagle and whoever he does the games with, because sometimes they have him doing different versions. You well, know, they've I had just him with forgot, because Charles Davis is, did college football for many years. I forgot yes. that he was doing NFL stuff now. But my point is, I think 90% of the vote is going to the guy who's doing the play-by-play, for the most part. That's what I'm saying. So I think in that case, yes, there are people that just, for whatever reason, don't really like Joe Buck. I think, I think the combination of the two make it a lot better uh, because I do think Troy Aikman's analysis is really good. And I think Joe Buck has great calls. He has had historic calls. I prefer someone who does do a little bit more of the announcing and not just letting it breathe. But I get it. That's a personal preference. That's not a like critique on him. He's one of the best broadcasters to ever do it. So that's just my own personal thing. Uh, rounding out the top 10 here, Greg Gumbel and Rich Gannon at number seven. Always Steve been Levy. a big Greg Gumbel fan and his toupee. Yeah, he's he's done a great job for many years. Uh, Monday Night Football crew is eighth, which not a good sign for the. I, Monday Night I don't Football like. Crew. I don't. I I watched that game on Monday. It was probably the first full Monday Night Football game I've watched in a while, just because my team was playing and I I was hate watching them. But I am not a fan of that crew. I Steve no. Levy is is very good on a desk. Steve Levy is not a play by play guy. I'm sorry. And just because somebody's been at ESPN forever doesn't necessarily make them the best for every job. 
Right. I agree with you on that. Um, Linda Cohn is a big hockey fan. I don't know that she should necessarily be the one to call a hockey game, right? I mean, just because she's right, but in fairness, good on I've it, never heard her great. call a hockey game. Right. That's that's right. I'm just saying, like that they don't seem to give her that job, but they did give it to Steve Levy, which is interesting. But uh, Brian Greasy has never done anything for me. Lewis Riddick, I actually think, is decent, but th- you have a three man booth, and two of the three guys are not very good. So yeah, I'm surprised that they're not. Uh, lower than that, but that's where they are. Number nine was Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. Oh, <laughs> your guy. Hey, Kenny Albert here with Moose and Goose. Hey, has anybody seen my neck? Do me a favor, <laughs> Goose. Butter my toast. <laughs> I you you have your Kenny Albert voice, which is just what he looks like. Not it's not. It's like. right. It's not what he sounds like. It's just what he looks like to me. Uh, I've never been a fan of Jonathan Vilma only because when he was doing college football stuff, like he took every chance he could get to demean and rip Ohio State. So I've just not forgotten that. So screw you, Jonathan Vilma. All right. And then number 10, our guy, Chris Spielman, along with Kevin Kugler, they came in at number 10. Kooks. Kooks. I, I, I will say this, though. I thought that, and, and, and Spiels is working with uh, Kooks right now because mm-hmm. Thom is dead. Thom was Chris's guy. Yeah, before, and he worked with Tom Brenneman for many years. I thought the two of them did a really nice job together. Yeah, they did, but that's what I'm saying about, like, Spiels has been there forever. He does a pretty good job, I think. I've always enjoyed listening to Spiels, but that's, like, they've changed the play-by-play guy, and now they've dropped those guys down quite a bit. So I think that that does kind of speak to the point that the play-by-play guy matters quite a bit. Um, so let's go back and look at the last place team. Do you want to know who that is? You want to take a guess? I at hope who it's that is? Dick Stockton and whoever the hell he's with. <laughs> well, he's been doing games with Brady Quinn and yes, Dick and Brady got the uh, last place. Dick vote. and Brady, mm. Dick and Brady. And now in fairness to them, they've only had three games together this year, but that is the most that Dick Stockton has worked with any of the different people they've placed him with. So they've kind of put Dick Stockton with just a bunch of other people, but none of them have done more than a game or two. So this is the crew that he's getting associated with. Uh, right above them was Spiro Didis and Adam Archuleta, which I have been very familiar with Spiro Didis' work over the years being a Browns fan because That's right. we, we usually have the Spiro Didis game, and I am not a fan of his calls. So I'm glad that we've, we've gotten away from that a little bit this year. It's, it's been good. Who else? Is that it? Uh, that, was, that was your bottom two. The bottom three would include Chris Myers, Brock Heward, and Greg hey, Jennings. Chris Myers here. Hi, you everybody. I want to say, did you see any of, uh, of this? I, wanna, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, it was. Aqib Tlaib was on the broadcast booth for the Lions game. Did you catch any of that yes, this past week? Yes, I did, I did catch some I of that. Thought and he I, did was not, I did excellent. not know who it was, to be honest with you. I, I enjoyed that very much. I, I thought I am always a fan of when you bring people in who have very recent playing experience and who are not necessarily worried about stepping on people's toes. And that's kind of the vibe I got from the little bit I caught of his broadcast. I want to see more, but yeah. Who I think was doing keeps, the game with him? Who was on play by play? Do you know? I was, uh, let's see here. It was Dan Helly. Okay. Which I know from I don't know who that him. is. No. So, all right. So, Aqib Tlaib, not working like not working with Joe Buck, <laughs> not working with Jim Nance. He's working with someone who's just a guy, and he held his own. He did pretty good. So, that's uh, that's a good sign for Aqib Tlaib. One team hates their new uniform so much, they're getting a do-over. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. 
Fan Traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. A couple of pockets of slow traffic to watch out for. You're going to find some stop-and-go traffic on State Road 315 southbound between 670 and I-70. Plan about a 15-minute delay over there. And more slowdowns on 71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. A 10-minute delay in that area. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new ma- margarita flatbread pizza. Made with tomato bell pepper sauce. Covered in the finest blend of fontina and mozzarella cheeses. And topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup, Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Get in touch with your stupid. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Tonight on The Fan, we have the Buckeye Show at 6. Then if you want even more Buckeye conversation, good news, it's the 11 Warriors Radio Hour that is tonight at 8. Right here on The Fan. We have a game show coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, 5.34 to be exact. What's the game this week, Bone? Uh, We're going to play a little NBA draft trivia, give you a year, give you two players. You tell me who was drafted higher from that particular season. And we'll have some some names in there of players that maybe you've forgotten about. I certainly had forgotten about some of these guys, but it was fun to reminisce. So we'll do that at 5.34. Before we get to the ugly uniforms that are going to be changed, I saw this story today about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their head coach, wide-ass open Bruce Arians, says his team is so tired He's going to give them time off until Thursday. Now, they don't have a bye week until week 13. There's another team that has a bye on week 13, but I don't know what that is. But anyway, it's the first time that a team has had a bye that late in the season since 2001. So they've played 11 games so far. They've got the Rams coming up. They've got the Chiefs coming up before they take a bye. But Bruce Arian says his guys are so tired and worn out, he has to give them like a mini-bye this week just to try and recharge their batteries. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Is that bye week potentially because of cancellations from earlier in the year, or is that just the way it shook out from there? No, I think that's the way it shook out. That was what was scheduled. Yeah, that's that's a pretty long time to go without getting a rest, but... Yeah, I could see why they would do that. They don't play until Monday night, so it's not like they have a Sunday game. And as we've seen this year, man, how many teams have had their facilities shut down for a good part of the week or done virtual meetings or, you know, whatever else you you want to call it, but they've given guys time off, players that have not practiced all week and then gone out and played. So, yeah, it's it's something that I think in a normal year maybe they would have thought about doing. This year, I think they've realized a lot of teams around the league have unfortunately had breaks that they didn't plan on so this will be a nice one for them to, to get a few days just to recuperate try to get healthy and then go out there and try to get through these next couple games one thing you know if you've listened to us for more than two seconds is we are fashionistas on this show we take jerseys and uniforms and jersey violations very seriously and when something ugly comes up We tell you about it, unless it's the new Rams jerseys, and then T-Bone writes a blog about how they're misunderstood, and he loves them. But there is a team that got new uniforms this year. They have been so poorly received, and they hate them so much, they're trying to change them again for next year. Yeah, uh, the Chicago Fire in Major League Soccer, when this happened, it was about this time last year when they announced that they were going to rebrand this is not the oldest team in MLS, Mike, but they're one of the like first expansion teams yeah, that they, MLS they, had they, in didn't 1998. Didn't they come in, in, 
98, I was going to say. I thought it was that 96, 98 time frame there. Yeah, yeah. 96 was the start of the league, and then they expanded in 98, and Chicago was one of the first teams that did that. So they were named, you know, Chicago Fire. Their logo looked like a fire department logo with the the Florian kind of thing that they had. It, it had a definite look to it. They were known as the men in red. They always wore their red uniforms at home. That was like... Pretty iconic branding in Major League Soccer, but they got a new owner. The new owner had was encouraging them to kind of find their own new identity. They wanted to rebrand the team. So they debuted this logo that was like navy blue and yellow and red, but not the traditional colors they've usually had. And they turned their regular home uniforms uh, navy blue as well instead of the red uniforms they were used to. And most of their fans absolutely hated this logo. They talked about how it, it didn't look good. It looked very basic and bland. It looked like something a, like a sixth grader could have come up with. It just, it didn't have any personality to it. it didn't really fit the, the franchise at all. And so they hung with it for a couple months and really tried to put on a brave face. But the owner even came out after a few months and said, we're going to, put the team on the field. We're going to wear these jerseys. But if the fans still don't like it once they're on the field, we are definitely not tied to it. We will we'll make changes. So now there there appears to be that case. Uh, the owner of the team is Joe Mansueto, and he's not confirmed it, but sources around the team have said they've hired designers. They are working on a new uh, badge. They're working on new uniforms. They can't switch them out, apparently, in 2021, but they will be able to do it in 2022. There's just like a two-year window MLS requires you to go through to have your jersey. So they're not going to change it right away, but they will get it done probably by next year. Uh, so sometime during next year, they'll launch this new rebrand, I'm quite sure, and it will probably be better than what they've done. But Here's what I don't understand, though. And, and you and I were talking about this before the show. The, the amount of people that have to touch something, that have to okay something before this becomes the new look. The amount of people who had to do that was probably a hundred people, right? That were involved in this process in some way. I don't know how something so bad and so ugly sees the light of day. I really don't. And I don't understand how these teams don't understand that what they're doing is not going to be a long-term solution. The fans are not going to like this. For example, I was reading a piece last week about how everybody on the Miami Dolphins loves the old Dolphins uniforms and wishes they would become the regular uniforms again. You want to know why? Because they're awesome. And there was no reason to ever go away from these things. So many times, these teams trying to be hip and fresh, and hey man, this firm that we hired said, we're going to get a younger demographic if we change our uniforms, so let's be cool. They go out and they do all this stuff, and inevitably, it does not resonate with the fans, it fails to make an impact, and they go to the past for a simple, effective design that has worked for generations. Why do teams constantly fall down this rabbit hole of poop with their jerseys? I don't get it. Well, I don't understand that, and I especially don't understand it in soccer, where in this case with MLS, like you can have the primary jersey and logo remain the same, but then you can have an alternate jersey that, that is done in soccer all the time. Look at the brands that are out there in soccer, right? Manchester United's been around for, you know, 120 years. A lot of these teams in England have been around for that long or longer. And they've found ways to have the regular jersey every year. Their main jersey looks mostly the same, but the 
alternate jersey changes all the time. They had one that's like pink. They've had one that's blue. They've, they've had all different colors of alternate jerseys. You can mess around with that all you want. Why change the main jersey that people have kind of fallen in love with? I don't, I don't understand that at all. Unless it's truly necessary and you want to upgrade the look a little bit, you know, once in, in, you know, your history, maybe you can do that. But yeah, I have no idea why they, they went through this. They're going to be obviously changing it to something better. I also saw Mike, uh, Austin FC. Anthony Brickford's new team. They unveiled their jerseys today. I, I welcome anyone to go to at Bone Beam United on Twitter. That's uh, Bone and Beam United. That's our soccer podcast that we that me and Brandon Beam do. And uh, we tweeted out the the picture of it if you want to see it. Mike, I promise you, Dublin Kaufman has better looking jerseys, soccer jerseys, than Austin FC does. These things look like something that they ordered out of a catalog that they send to high schools to say, put your, put your logo on this. This is the template for all the high schools in the area. It's, it's terrible. I can't believe they spent all this time to build something like this. And then this is the jersey they came up with. It's gross. Well, I'm looking at it. It is not anything to write home about it, uh, home about. But is there anything they would put out that you would be like, oh yeah, this looks great? No, I may not like them, but I think this looks cool. Here's what it is. I would be insanely jealous if they had better uniforms than the crew did. Like, I I would be really mad about that if the crew ownership didn't do a good enough job and their their stuff did not look as good as Austin FC's. I'd be mad about that, but I would have to acknowledge, yes, that's pretty cool. And I'm, man, I wish the crews looked better than that. That is not a problem right here. I am not, I would not trade for those jerseys. Those are basic and gross and terrible. But yeah, I mean they're green and black, so they're they're a green colored team, so that's what they're going to have. But yeah, go check that out at Bone Beam United if you want to see a picture of it. I think they're gross. Regional sports networks like Fox Sports Ohio may soon have a new name. Details coming up next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the shoulder of I-70 eastbound after Livingston Avenue. There are police on scene trying to get things clear, but plan on some heavy backups. And please be cautious. Watch out for the guys out there. This traffic report is sponsored by Grapes from California. Suffering from random bouts of hunger during the day? Satisfy them the healthy way with California Grapes. When you want an anytime snack, go with Grapes from California. Available at Kroger. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Don't worry, we don't get bones and allergies either. This is Common Man and T-Bone. So I just checked the mail, and tell me if this has ever happened to you. All right. So I got one of those media mailer envelopes, you know, like a CD would be mailed in. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. And instead of just the, the media mailer envelope, it was inside of another plastic bag with a note from the Postal Service. And we have a lot of uh, postmen and women who listen to the program, so appreciate all the hard work that you do, dealing with dogs all the time. That's all but, they deal so, with, just dogs. That's all they deal with is dogs. That's right. <laughs> well, this note said, we're sorry that we damaged your thing. Hope it didn't inconvenience you. And then I look at the media mailer envelope, which they still delivered, and it looks like someone like diarrheaed on this media mailer envelope. Oh. And I don't know if I should open it, if the stuff inside has like diarrhea on it or what, or if I should just throw it in the garbage and call it a day. Should we assume that maybe that's like oil or some other thing? I maybe? don't know what it is. It looks like diarrhea. 
Oh, that's that's disturbing. All right. Well, maybe you glove up, you get the scissors, you cut it open, and you see what's inside and see if uh, whatever you ordered is damaged or not. I just like the politely worded note that was on there. Sorry. Sorry, sorry we was... squirted on your package. Please enjoy the items I... regardless. <laughs> Could have just been a malfunction there at the Could uh, have been. at the at the processing facility. <laughs> you never know. You don't you never know, Mike. It's uh look, it's a holiday season, you're gonna have a lot of gifts flying around, you have a lot of packages being shipped. Uh yeah, there's gonna be some screw ups. It's all right, it happens. We get it. I assume everybody's like this too. Do you have like when you go to the mailbox every single day this time of year, like eighteen million catalogs waiting for you? Mm, yeah, we get the catalogs. Uh, we we've replaced all the political mailers now with catalogs. So now we were getting like ten of those a day of just all the different mailers, and it was really weird when I'd get them, and it's like I've already voted. I've like my sent my ballot in. I'm like good to go on that, and then I'd get a mailer for like the candidate I voted for, and it's like, well, I don't know why you're sending this to me. There's no way you could know because this. But you're just wasting money. You're, they're, you're an undecided voter in their minds. You're Ken I Bone. Know. It's <laughs> it's wrong bone. I'm not that bone. That's a different kind of bone entirely. Uh, Fox Sports Ohio. You know it. You love it. Maybe you do. I have no idea. It could have a new name very soon, along with other regional sports networks, and it's probably not going to be the name that you think it's going to be. Uh, yeah, so they are talking about changing the name of some of these RSNs. Sinclair owns all of these regional sports networks, and almost all of them, they are saying, are up for rebranding, and they could sell the naming rights to a uh, to a sports book. They're saying that that could be... What ends up happening could be just one book, could be sports betting companies locally based in all these different cities, depending on where you are, if it's legal in your state. So imagine that, though, if you instead of flipping over to Fox Sports Ohio, you were to flip over to like DraftKings Sports Network or something like that's that's what they're talking about could could become here for those types of networks. And I. I don't know. I mean, I think that's a really interesting uh, dynamic we have in our country where 10 years ago, if we had said, name the television network after a sports betting company, almost every team in that city would say, absolutely not. Our league will prohibit us from being on that network. We can't be a part of that. That's too close to gambling. Now you're going to have in some states you will have gambling sites built in to the stadiums. In many states you will have the ability to sit in a stadium when we can do that and go on your phone and place a bet on the game you're sitting in the stadium watching. So I, I'm I'm happy about that, but yeah, this is showing you just how how fast that has moved across all of sports, right? What would our channel be called? Wish we could bet Ohio. Is that what we'd <laughs> be watching? Hey, catch the jackets tonight on Wish We Could Bet Ohio. Yeah, um, I know that we've got a lot of things going on, obviously, with COVID and everything else, but don't look now. I'm going to guess there's going to be some budget shortfalls in the next few years. Might behoove all the people working in the, you know, state house to figure out what they want to do with this and start getting the revenue from it because it does bring in revenue. So I don't, well, I don't really I don't care how you do it, though. but let's just, let's just get you that. You already done. have proposals that you're kicking around. All right, these things exist. There's two of them. Figure out which one is the best option as far as raising money for the state. Pick it and let's go. Every other state that borders us has figured out this issue, except for the you state of Ohio. 
Can I can I pose this theory as well, or this this suggestion? Because I don't really care which of these proposals get through. One of them is going through the casinos and only having the sports books be in casinos. The other one is allowing it to kind of be like Kino, where you can go to a bar or anywhere else that that has those types of machines, like an Ohio lottery system, and go bet at those places. And I frankly don't care because the reality is both of those proposals are going to allow you to bet on your phone through an app. And so for a lot of people, that's what they'll be doing. So here's what I propose, Mike. Let's pass that part of the legislation that says it's okay to do mobile online betting. And then all the funds that come in from that, put them in an escrow account, leave them there. And then the casinos and the, the kino bars, they can all fight it out and, and get their lobbying arms going, whatever. And then when they settle on who gets all the revenue, then you just go over to that account where it's just been piling up the money. And then that group gets to take the money fine but until then let us have the ability to gamble on sports if we want to it's not like we got much else to do this winter and we could all use the money here in the state so let's well, go far be it for me to upset some local politicians too but what's like the one industry out there that has been hit the hardest by everything we're going through bars and restaurants right sure so why wouldn't you go with the measure that allows these kino slash gambling machines to be in bars and restaurants hopefully drawing more business to these places that have been struggling wouldn't that be the easiest choice right now especially with what's going on in the world i would think that would make a lot of sense mike but that's that's the thing though is i i saw I saw something today that the state house was taking up measures about like it, it may not have been this, but like an amendment to the state bird initiative or something yeah, like that. Let's something get that taking care something of. along those lines. Where I just thought, are we using are we using our time the best here? Like you've got a lot of issues going on in this state. We need some money coming into it. I don't know. You're going to do sports betting one way or the other. I'm not like out here advocating if I thought it was they're not going to have sports gambling. They've pretty much already settled that they are. They're just trying to figure out which way to do it. And I quite frankly don't care. You're right. The bars thing seems like that'd be a great idea. Help out a lot of businesses that probably need it. But regardless, the state need some money so i don't know maybe if you've already decided to do it let the mobile option come in let all those people come in and do their thing get the tax dollars from it and then you figure out the other stuff later that's fine but let's let's get moving on this all the news and notes you need as we go on campus coming up next common man and t-bone on the fan fan traffic from the logan ac and heat services traffic center Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from 71 northbound to 4 East Broad Street. All lanes are now open in that area. The traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan about a 10-minute residual backup. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza made with tomato bell pepper sauce covered in the finest blend of fontina and mozzarella cheeses and topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Broadcasting live from the Tacoma Dome, here's Man and Bone. Hello. Happy Wednesday. All the news and notes you need as we go on campus coming up in mere moments. Tonight on The Fan, it's the Buckeye Show at 6. Then it's more Buckeye conversation at 8 o'clock with the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Catch all of it right here on The Fan. Then at 9 tonight. Mm. You know, it's coming up at 9. little thing called You'll See. Well, the, the you'll see is a special 
edition of Perverted hosted by Evil Bald Colin, where he tells you about all his oh, sexual well, exploits tonight right here on The well, Fan. Look, we got to have fill-in hosts, right? When uh, Absolutely. You have a show where the, the host is on vacation. Obviously, someone well, he's has not, to fill Ted, in. Well, he's not on vacation. Don't spread those rumors. He is out trying to find new Kama Sutra positions. He is working in the field, as we like to say. Uh. Is that is that where he is yes. out in the field? He's out in the okay. field. To each their own. I'm not I'm not here to judge. So uh, if that's what he's doing, doing a little research on his own time, let him live. I'm uh, I'm happy that he's able to do that. But yeah, good that uh, Colin's able to fill in on perverted. It'll be pervert Colin today, I guess. That'll be what we'll have pervert to go evil, evil perverted. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just evil, just that's pure right. evil. Yeah, uh, on campus. Let's do it. Common man in T bones. On campus, the latest college sports news and notes. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another furnace breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day furnace installation. Bone! Well, man, uh, this is not ideal news for Florida State. So just last week, they started freshman quarterback Chubba Purdy, made his first career start, did okay. They thought, all right, well, this will be good. We've got a, a new quarterback here we can work in. We've got Clemson coming up, so maybe he can help us out. Uh, unfortunately, no. He is not going to be able to help out. Uh, he had surgery Tuesday on his collarbone, which he broke uh, during a preseason scrimmage, but aggravated during Saturday's game against NC State. So he had to have surgery on that, and it's going to be out for the rest of the year, according to head coach Mike Norvell. So that is a uh, not good development for Florida State. Not that they're exactly lighting the world on fire anyway, but they lost to NC State. They are probably going to lose this game to Clemson unless something drastic happens. But perhaps Chubba Purdy could have provided a little bit of a spark. We'll never know now. He is out for the rest of the year, so that is not good. Jordan Travis, who was starting uh, in Florida State's previous four games before suffering an injury, he's expected back this week uh, for the Seminoles, so that gives them a little bit more stability there. But, yeah, this is not good. They also had news that James Blackman is transferring. So Florida State right now only has two healthy scholarship quarterbacks left. Uh, that would be Jordan Travis, who I just mentioned, and freshman Tate Roadmaker. My guy. Tate Roadmaker. Mm, yeah. They call him the Roadmaker, Mike. I don't know if that's the most original nickname, but that's what he's got. You got so. a couple good names in this segment so far. Chubba Purdy, right? And, yeah, and Tate Roadmaker. And Tate Roadmaker. My yeah, guys. That's right. Um, so this is also not good news. Uh, there are COVID concerns all across the country. A lot of games have been up in the air as far as their status goes. Now we have another one, Saturday's game between Kansas and Texas. That has been moved to December 12th. We were just talking about this game yesterday because uh, that's something that Tom Herman, has. he's had some rumors about his job situation and whether or not Urban Meyer is going to come in and take over for him that's in Texas. Right. He's going to silence all those rumors with a big victory against Kansas. But I'll have to do it December 12th because they're not playing it this weekend now. Let's not even do that. Kansas has no chance of winning this football game. (laughs) They should just make Kansas forfeit. Uh, Yeah, I guess you're right. So uh, this is uh, an issue, of course, with the Kansas program, not necessarily with the Texas program. It doesn't matter. Uh, The Longhorns had to move their schedules around. They've got a bunch of different things up in the works. Uh, Their next scheduled home game, or their next scheduled game, actually, is not until the 27th, which will be next Friday against Iowa State. And that will be Texas's first game in 20 days. Last time they played was November 7th when they defeated West Virginia in a great game, Mike, 17-13. to I hope you didn't miss that one because, yeah. oof, your eyeballs will, will want to murder you dead for missing that game. So good. 
and and such a such a great victory there. By the way, this comes from Emily Giambalvo, who is Miguel. a Washington uh, Washington Post sports writer who covers University of Maryland. She just tweeted out: Maryland football is not practicing today, per team spokesman. Uh, they paused practices last Wednesday after eight players tested positive for coronavirus. We're kind of aware of that. Uh, they stayed at a hotel Wednesday through Sunday. They have been unable to return to practice this week. They have not. They thought maybe today they'd get back out on the field, but that has not happened. Um, so as of right now, the Maryland-Michigan State game is not off. They're saying a decision on that will be tomorrow. So I know a lot of people aren't really looking forward to that game necessarily, other than Maryland and Michigan State fans. But yet another example in the Big Ten of you got some problems, and when a when a yeah. when a program gets the coronavirus, uh, it doesn't exactly just affect one week, as we saw with Wisconsin. Uh, multiple weeks are affected there. So, yeah, that's not ideal either. And uh, then looking at, ahead of this as well, Louisiana and Central Arkansas they have had to cancel their game over coronavirus issues among. The Ragin' Cajuns. So that is the number 24 team in the country is Louisiana. Um, they will not be able to play that game. They've got 33 athletes in the program currently in safety protocol for COVID-19. So Now that's not, not to say good. that all 33 have tested positive. That's no, no. It's a positive combo. cases and then contact tracing. Yeah, recovering cases, contact tracing, isolation, and quarantine. They did not practice Tuesday. They're going to try to resume normal operations on Saturday. They have not announced any further schedule changes. Uh, they also have had the October 7th game against App State, which I know you are looking forward to, Mike. Absolutely. Louisiana and Appalachian State. That game got postponed. Is later been rescheduled for December That's where 4th. Ted is doing his field work in Boone, North Carolina. Yes, they're <laughs> developing some new sexual positions in Boone. Mm. Um, and then I saw this story. They are, there are a few little things floating around the Tennessee uh, football blogosphere that are saying that Will Muschamp is a candidate to join the the Vols staff after parting ways with South Carolina. That'd be a pretty quick move if he's able to, to do that. But keep an eye out for former South Carolina coach up until last weekend, Will Muschamp, going and taking a uh, coordinator position possibly with Tennessee. That's, uh, I don't know. I, I, if I were him, I'd want to sit out a little bit and just let, the, let everything fall and then maybe you can get a better job than coordinator at Tennessee. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Speaking of hot seats, by the way, I saw CBS Sports. They put out their ranking of uh, which coaches are currently on the hot seat, heating up, that kind Jim of deal. Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> right. Yeah, so they have a number rating system. Five means win or be fired. That's it. Four means start improving now. And three means pressure is mounting. So they've got Jim Harbaugh at a five. They've got Derek Mason at Vanderbilt at a five. Yes, that makes sense. And then Ed Orgeron they have as a oh. three. Hey, everybody. They have Coach O as a three. You can rape anybody you want, LSU. I'm not going to question you. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some problems down there that have nothing to do with being on the football field. That's not good. Also, they have Les Miles uh, as a three as well. He is 0-6 at uh, Kansas. Maybe Les goes back. Yeah. Maybe LSU calls. (laughs) Yeah, you fire fire Ed Orgeron and hire Les Miles. Come on back, baby. Oh man, that's uh, that's not ideal. They also, for what it's worth, have Tom Herman at a four, which means it's not it's not completely dead, but it's it's getting bad. Clay Helton, they have at a five at USC. So just keeping an eye on some of these, you know, bigger jobs that are out there uh, that potentially could lure away a head coach. You never know; could uh, either lure away a head coach or maybe get a former head coach like an Urban Meyer off the sidelines. I don't know if USC 
or Texas would be those jobs. But if any jobs in the country could, you think those would be the types of jobs that would. Oh, 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 Green Giant. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the shoulder of I-70 eastbound after Livingston Avenue. There is an ODOT crew and wrecker on scene trying to get things cleaned up. Plan on some heavy backups over here. You might want to avoid this in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza made with tomato bell pepper sauce covered in the finest blend of Fontana and mozzarella cheeses and topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. Only an array with fan traffic. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. Game show coming up at 534. What's the game this week, bone? Do a little NBA draft trivia. Give you a couple players from a draft year. You gotta tell me which one got drafted higher. So we'll do that at 534. Uh, let's just get right to it because we have a lot of crap to get to in the rundown. Hit it, evil. Common Gold. Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services. The real local trash company. Boren Brothers. Taking out the trash. Ladies and gentlemen, evil bald Colin is here you, today. Uh, wishing he was anywhere else. But he's here today. <laughs> Did you My glitch guy. up there? What happened? Did you have a little glitch? I had a little okay. glitch. A little, hit, a little uh, hitch in the giddy-up. So, mm. Robbie Cano, Robinson Cano, you heard Big Daddy Paul Keels talking about it during the Sports Center, has been suspended for the upcoming Major League Baseball season, 162-game suspension for his second PED violation. And this is the funniest headline of the day. It is on my Twitter right now, you know, in that little what's happening section in the corner. Mm-hmm. What Robinson Cano's PED suspension means for the Mets and his Hall of Fame candidacy. His Hall of Fame candidacy. Okay. What the hell are we talking about? Here's the easy answer. He wasn't going in the Hall after the first PED suspension, let alone the second PED suspension. Look, we can maybe suspend belief if you look at a guy like I have in Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and say, well, we know they did something. Of course, we know they did something. But they were never disciplined by Major League Baseball for doing that thing. Robinson Cano can't say that. He's been suspended now twice, once for an entire season. There is no way Robinson Cano is getting in the Hall of Fame. No way. No, I don't. I think that should be a pretty easy one, right? If you get suspended for a year from baseball for doing anything, that should automatically disqualify you from any Hall of Fame discussion, right? I mean, it, now that you were injured for a year, now that you missed a year for other reasons, you were suspended, a punishment set up by the league because of things they don't want in the game, and you did one of those things. If you're going to ban people for life from being in baseball like Pete Rose, I don't see why you can't ban someone from being in the Hall of Fame. I know it's not Major League Baseball's call, but yeah, I would hope the voters never vote him in based on this alone. You know who's never getting in the Hall of Fame and who absolutely has the numbers to get in the Hall of Fame? Manny Ramirez. 
Manny Ramirez no. is never getting in the Hall of Fame because he was popped multiple times and disciplined by Major League Baseball multiple times for PEDs. He is never getting in the Hall of Fame. You will see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in the Hall of Fame. You will see it. Manny Ramirez, will. you will never see it. Robinson Cano, you will never see it. If you are disciplined by Major League Baseball, forget about it. There may be a committee someday down the road that puts a guy like Manny Ramirez in or a guy like Robinson Cano. They will never be voted in. Right. I would agree with you on that. Uh, also today... Ohio State making the news that there will not be any family in attendance for the game against Indiana. They will reassess this policy before the Michigan game. This is now hand-in-hand hand with Franklin County putting a curfew out and making sure that there are no gatherings out there, I think, larger than 10 people, right? Is that it? Yeah, but again, I mean, <laughs> I think that the reason Ohio State did this was to say, we realize we're having a gathering of a few hundred people on the field on these days, but we don't want to have that in the stands as well. So they've canceled that part in an effort to not get the on the field part canceled. And I don't right. think there's any it's danger an, of that happening. It's but. an optics play. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that would put the on the field product in danger because, you know, these, these, uh, Players are going to socialize with their family members anyway if they're coming in from out of town. I get that aspect of it. If you thought that the stadiums looked sparse before, they're, they're about to look a whole lot emptier because you will not see anybody in the stands. Right. Well, and I mean, let's be clear, right? What has, what has Franklin County just put out there today? I think it goes into effect uh, on Friday. The stay-at-home order where they're saying, yeah, go to work, go to school, those things, get your necessities, go out, get food if you need to, bring it home, go grocery shopping, that kind of thing. But other than that, don't go out. That's how bad it is in Franklin County. Last I checked, Ohio Stadium sits in Franklin County, and this is, I'm sure, the university's way of saying, hey, look, we're doing everything we can, right? Please don't cancel these football games. Let us do that. And I don't think that's likely to happen, but... You can understand how this is going to be a, a difficult thing as we get into this final month of the college football season, not just at Ohio State, around the country, where you are going to have states doing shutdowns, doing mandates of different things, whether you agree with those or not, they're going to happen. How these universities get around that, how they're able to play football, that is going to be a question. So Ohio State, I think, trying to get in front of that a little bit by saying, we're not going to have anybody in the stands. Hopefully that does enough to allow them to continue to have the games and, and be able to play them. The Pac-12 is going to go back to the drawing board. They're playing a conference-only schedule, just like the Big Ten is playing a conference-only schedule. But they're reassessing that. Uh, they're saying, hey, if we have a team that's stuck in limbo because the team they were going to play has coronavirus issues, and maybe they know about it a week in advance, and there's really nothing they can do about it right now, well, maybe they can go out and schedule themselves a non-conference opponent and play a football game. So the school presidents, I guess, are going to get together and vote on this. I think this is something the Big Ten should consider as well. I know that Nebraska tried to go rogue and schedule a non-conference game when they couldn't play Wisconsin. That's not the way you're going to do it. You have to get together as a conference, figure this out. But you said that Maryland's still having some problems, right? Where Maryland's not practicing mm -hmm. today. Yeah. I don't remember who Maryland is supposed to play this weekend. Sparty. But, 
Okay, Sparty. Well, maybe there's a situation where Sparty can go out and grab one of the directional Michigan schools and play this weekend. Obviously, it's too close to that to to make some sort of ruling from a conference standpoint. But in the future, if you have this issue, it's better to go out there for these programs, play a game, even if it's a glorified scrimmage, than just sit on your hands for a whole week. Yeah, and you might say, well, weren't you guys kind of ripping Nebraska for trying to do that earlier? My problem with Nebraska earlier when they tried to schedule, I forget who it even was, but like a, a small nothing school to come in and play them, was that the the system was already agreed to by everybody involved, and then you're trying to go out after the fact and modify how this goes. And I think the only the, the problem there is just just have that, understanding with the Big Ten and bring that before everyone and let the conference vote on it. I think that's only fair. The other schools, it, sh- it's, it shouldn't be fair that Nebraska gets to do one thing and then another school has an issue and then that time, for whatever reason, it gets voted down. You need to have a policy all the way across that says this is what we're doing. The Pac-12 is in is looks like going to enable that. Maybe the Big Ten will be able to do something like that too for the final week of the season. And I bet they'll think more about it if Ohio State has another game canceled. Fingers crossed that they don't, but schools like Ohio State, schools like Wisconsin, those are who you're expecting to compete for the Big Ten title. Wisconsin is right up against being at the threshold to make the conference title game. So if they were to need a game to fill that out and they don't want to modify their policy, maybe the other way to go about it is to say, all right, you're free to schedule games if you have open dates. Uh, We'll see what happens with that, but I hope the Big Ten looks at it. NBA draft is tonight. Bone, do me a favor. Will you grab those Anthony Edwards comments and let me know when you have those? The Reichert Ford fan poll, 971thefan.com. Who will be the first player picked in tonight's NBA draft? Anthony Edwards, who I think is the betting favorite in Vegas. James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, or other. Anthony Edwards is an interesting cat. All these guys, I'm sure, are interesting cats because, you yeah. know, LaMelo Ball, obviously, he's from the, the Ball family. He had the quotes yesterday saying, I was born for this. I'm made for this. And you can say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe there's not. Guy being confident in his abilities, but he certainly seems, and maybe we're unfairly judging him because of who his dad is, like a guy who's a little full of himself. And it seems like Anthony Edwards, in addition from starring on ER for many years and in Top Gun (laughs) and being bold, uh, he doesn't sound like basketball is his number one priority. No, uh, he does not. And these quotes are, are a little interesting. I'm sure his, his agent was not thrilled with this coming out right before the draft, but he did an interview with Alex Scarborough from ESPN. And apparently when asked about basketball and just, you know, what he feels about the sport, he said, quote, I'm still not really into it. I love basketball. Yeah. And then there's a trail off pause. <laughs> said basketball is my heart, but football's where I started. So I'll never forget about that. But don't get me wrong, basketball is my number one because I feel like it's going to get me through a lot of the stuff I need to get through. Uh, he then said, it's what I do. It's a job. I feel like I'm working right now. I love it. Not not exactly the... And now maybe I'm not reading that right. Maybe I'm not giving it all the proper uh, emphasis on certain words that may maybe don't certainly convey where he was. But the concern with him is that maybe... Basketball is not his number one priority. Maybe he is not going to be the guy who is a self-starter when it comes to getting in the gym, getting in early, staying late. Well, he that says type he of wants deal. to be a rapper too, right? Uh, yeah, he he brought up the fact that he thinks he is actually a pretty good rapper, and that he's better than some of the other guys who have put albums out who just have a lot of money in the NBA and they can hire production and all that. He says he's he's actually really good at that. 
I, I do feel for a guy somewhat who has NBA caliber talent, uh, the body that certainly pushes you to go play basketball, but he would rather be playing football or rather be doing something else. It's a good problem that we'd all like to have, Mike, that the NBA might take him first overall, and he's saying, yeah, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Cry me a river, right? We'd all love to get the millions of dollars he's going to get for doing this. But I do, in some small way, empathize with a guy who's just doing something because it makes sense that he's really good at it. He has found a way to be good at it, but it's not his first love. That is frustrating, and I'm sure it's as frustrating for him as it is anyone else. All right, let's what? Let's wrap it up, evil bald Colin. Common Man and T Bones, the rundown, the rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers taking out the trash. I just decided I'm just going to fill the gaps. Oh, you're just going to. It's all right. I think uh, I think Evil Bald Colin was seeing the same thing I just saw, which is that we do have now a men's basketball schedule. For, we do uh, for yes, for conference Big slate. Ten. Yes, oh, yes, well, for that's the Big Ten. Breaking news. So let's that take a break. Out. Come yeah. back and digest all of that. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Good evening. You're going to find a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane of 71 southbound to 417th Avenue. This is a disabled semi causing some slowdowns coming from Hudson Street. Plan on some heavy backups over here as they try to get the situation figured out. This traffic report is sponsored by Church's. Finally, Church's new chicken sandwich is here. With almost 70 years in the kitchen, you can bet they put the work in to make it worth it. It's everything you love about Church's between two buns. Get it today, just $3.99. Thanks for waiting. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. Only an array with fan traffic. And from every dime a dog night in the Midwest, he's here's Man and Bone. Happy Wednesday. Game show coming up at 534. We had some breaking news in the last segment. We finally have an Ohio State basketball conference schedule. Bone, do you have it in front of you? Uh, yes, I do, Mike. So I have got... Uh, this is, I actually saw Pat Murphy put this together from Bucknuts. So good job by him. Cause part of this is on the OSU website. Part of this was released by the Big Ten, uh, the conference schedule. So he's put it mostly all together. Uh, November 25th, that is a week from today. If my, right? That's, yes, that's, that's a Wednesday. Correct. Uh, the Buckeyes play Illinois State. Win. At 2 p.m. <laughs> at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So we're starting off the Buckeye basketball season with a 2 p.m. game. Uh, it's either going to be on ESPN two or ESPN U. It appears. Well, it'll it'll be here, and they'll be it'll be here on the this show off the air. Yeah. Okay. Well, you may have a little post game duty. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever we got to do. Well, what do you mean, me? You too, right? We both doing it or what? What is it? Next Wednesday? Yeah. I'm off. Oh, you're off. Yeah, I'm off. Oh, I see. Okay. So then. I think it's you and Hi. Oh yeah, me and the chopper will get in and get to talk about Buckeye basketball. That could be fun in the evening. All right. Good. Uh, November 29th, that's a Sunday. UMass Lowell, that's a 4 p.m. game. Uh, Moorhead State, December 2nd, I think that's a Tuesday or Wednesday game. That is at 5 p.m. Uh, on BTN. Then you have December 5th, Bama A&M, Alabama A&M. That's a TBD time, BTN or BTN+. Plus. Some the bad rest of these, teams so yeah, far, man. All right. Some bad teams. The rest of these games are not uh, times right now. I don't think other than there's one game I think we have a time for. December 8th at Notre Dame. December 16th at Purdue. December 19th, 
is the game against North Carolina at Cleveland, unless they've taken that one away. But that's currently still on Ohio State's website as of right now. Maybe that'll go away. And that one's supposedly a 2 p.m. game. Then you have December 23rd, Rutgers, 26th at Northwestern, December 30th, Nebraska. Then we get into January, and it's it's not going to be easy. At Minnesota on the 3rd, Penn State on the 6th, at Rutgers on the 9th, uh, Northwestern on the 13th, at Illinois the 16th, at Wisconsin the 23rd, Purdue the 27th, Michigan State on the 31st, and then we're into February at, at Iowa. Uh, the 8th or the 9th of February is Maryland, at Maryland. Indiana on the 13th of February, at Penn State on the 18th, Michigan on the 21st, at Michigan State on the 25th, Iowa on the 28th, rounding it all out with Illinois on March 6th. And I will be very surprised if they get that schedule in in no, that order. There's, there's absolutely no way. I was just, just going to say that. There is no way they play this schedule as it's written right now. That's not to say they don't play a schedule. That doesn't say that they don't get all most of their games in, but there's going to be some finagling. There's going to be some moving around. You have to be flexible. We're dealing in unprecedented times. You're going to be flexible. You have to be flexible. I will say this, too. I don't care when you play these games. I don't care where you're playing these games. Fans, no fans. Well, no fans. That's going to be the answer. There's not a lot of gimmies in this conference this year. There's there's really not. I mean, you you maybe look at a program like Northwestern and say they shouldn't give you a problem. You look at a program like Penn State this year and say they're not going to give you a problem. Pretty much every other team in this conference is going to give you a game. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that. It's... Look, man, it's going to be a tough stretch if they were to get all the games in in that order because they they have loaded up this schedule more or less to say, we don't know what's going to get canceled, so let's make sure there's plenty of stretches here where if there are cancellations, you're not going more than a week, hopefully, without getting a game. So that, that, that'll hopefully provide some continuity to the schedule. But yeah, that's a, that's a big deal there. That is, uh, <laughs> that's a tough schedule as it is currently it's written. It's a tough right now. schedule. I think that in terms of being flexible, it's going to be easier for college basketball programs to be flexible than college football programs just because there's fewer moving parts. If the situation arises, you can cram in three games in a week. If it doesn't look like that, you know, the next week is going to be possible for you to play who you think you're going to play in college football. That's not an option. You can, you can pack up a team easier, get on a bus and go play. Football is a little bit more difficult to finagle everything. I'm confident they'll be able to get some semblance of a schedule in whether the tournament takes place in a single site like Indianapolis, like we've heard, or if they have a multi-site deal, or if they have to push it into May, come hell or high water, there will be an NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I certainly think the Buckeyes have the talent to be playing in it. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way, and I do think this team is pretty talented. I think it's going to be a weird season in college basketball in general. I think you have seen plenty of coaches come out and who have at least hinted at it, if not outright said it, that they wanted to have some kind of semblance of of a unified way of doing business when it comes to the NCAA and saying how many games do we have to play and do they all have to be conference or can we play some non-conference I think the biggest question hanging over this season is what's it going to take to allow my team to get qualified for the for the NCAA tournament and I think the NCAA would be smart to come out 
you know, before, let's say, early December, so in the next few weeks, even though some of the season will have already started by then, they should come out and say, look, we are anticipating having the regular tournament and having this amount of teams and all that stuff. But our contingency plans involve if you play fewer than 20 games, we're going to have to look at your schedule in different ways, and we're going to have to evaluate things in different ways than we usually do. If we don't have conference tournaments, we have to evaluate things differently. But maybe setting some guidelines out that say 20 games is what we're looking for you to get somehow this year. However you can get to 20 games, that will give you a much better chance of getting evaluated normally by the selection committee. If you have fewer than 20 games, we can't promise you that we're going to evaluate you the same way as a team that does get that 20 game, you know, footprint in. So I, something like that would be good for these coaches to at least know, all right, if we have to blow off a few games, it's not the end of the world. Bone, we were so excited to tell you about the Buckeye basketball schedule that we have in its completion. You forgot to tell us how we can get the funk out of our water. That's right, Mike. And my guys at Connecticut can help you with that. They are doing that in my house right now. I have uh, the whole home water treatment system, and I've also got the K5 drinking water station. So what that does is the whole home water treatment system gets the water out of you know your hot water tank. It cleans it out and makes sure that you've got all the funk out of there. And then when it comes through your sinks, it comes through your washing machine, comes through the dishwasher. All that is is defunkified, and you're ready to go. No more spots on the dishes. No more yellow rings around the collar. Stuff like that is all gone. And then the K5 drinking water station that's down in the basement, right next to all the water treatment stuff that I have, and that runs right up into my fridge. It runs up into the sink. There's a little uh, separate spigot that I have, and that gets all not the clean drinking spigot. water. It's clean not a goose spigot. spigot. Yeah, it's a Connecticut spigot. That's what it is, and it's clean drinking water for our family, so now we don't have to worry about that. No more lugging in big bottle water cases, uh, going to the store and doing that anymore. So it's great. If you want to find out how to get this in your house, get what I have in my house. ConnecticutColumbus.com is the place to go. Again, that's ConnecticutColumbus.com. And as professional wrestling legend Terry Funk would say, your mother's a whore. That's why you got to get the funk out of your water. You don't want Terry Funk in your house messing uh, it up. No. Game show coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Still watching that disabled semi blocking the shoulder of 71 southbound before 17th Avenue. It's going to take a little bit more to get this clear plan about a half minute backup over here in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Everstream, the business only fiber network. At Everstream, the business only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. Everstream's full service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. Everstream, faster fiber, better business. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Getting fatter and angrier by the minute. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Game show coming up in mere moments. Tonight on the fan, Buckeye Show, 6 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock, it's the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. I bought a power strip today. Okay. And on the box, it says that if one of your items that you plug into this shorts out or something... Mm-hmm. We'll cover the cost up to $10,000. Oh, man. Now, this was a like $8 power strip. Do we actually believe them? Do we actually believe that if I plug in my little oven that I have from my commercial kitchen in the basement and it shorts out, that $8 power strip guy is going to pay for that? 
I don't I don't know the answer. I would think that doesn't uh, make a ton of sound business sense. Sounds like more of a marketing thing that probably is covered by a lot of legalese that that's yeah. what i was going to say is that yeah maybe it would like you take them to court or something and you hire a lawyer and go through all these steps and spend twenty thousand dollars they may give you six grand yeah i don't know man that's uh that's a pretty bold guarantee though if that's the case you better hope that's you better hope one of two things either that guarantee is good or you never have to worry about it because you never had have a surge protection situation to begin with let's hope not well that's why i bought it yeah, well, because I'm like, it's well, smart to do it. Look how good this thing must be. I know. Do you ever like freak out about those things though? Because I, I don't know about you, but like those, sir, those like those plugs in my house. I mean, sometimes I don't see them for years. Like in certain houses where we've been, yes. where they're like they're tucked away in there. They're behind a piece of furniture. They're behind the entertainment center. Yes, you just you assume that they're working, but you could have things living inside the power strip. Yeah, and then you go to move or whatever. You maybe get a new TV or something. You have to go unplug it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this this little guy is still chugging along, doing the job perfectly. Got all these other things in the house that have broken or not done their thing, but you're just working perfectly. So maybe power strips are just invincible. Maybe maybe it's not that big of a guarantee because they never have this issue. I don't know. Our engineer, Annoying Greg, uh, he sent me home with thousands of dollars worth of radio equipment. That's how you're hearing me right now. Yeah. The power strip that he gave me, for all this stuff, looks like the first power strip ever made. It has like <laughs> duct tape all over it. It's ridiculous looking. This I've got thousands of dollars worth of stuff plugged in, and he gave absolutely no thought to the power strip. Or he knows something that we don't know. You're right. Power strips are like cockroaches. They will work forever. Yeah, I, I am. I'm. I don't understand how the technology works. I'm just glad that it does. But I'm, I'm also glad that you know we don't have that scene that happens like in uh, Christmas Vacation where too many things are plugged in. Yes. Or like with, or that was uh, also with the Christmas Story where they have that where the you know fuse blows. They have to go down and fix it. Like apparently the power strips have done a lot of good that we just don't acknowledge. And I'm I'm glad for them. We should take more time to appreciate them like we're doing right now. It is game show time. Let's do it. All right. So the game show is in honor of the NBA draft, Mike. I'm going to make this real easy. I'm going to give you two players. It's not going to be easy. It will well, be difficult. I will fail. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just saying you have a 50-50 shot. You just guess a name and try to get it right. Now I'm going to give you names of players that either I liked or players that are just players I watched growing up. These may not be special to you, so uh, take it for what it's worth. But here we go. We're going to start in the 1979 NBA draft. Mike, I'm sure you remember it well. Uh, in that year, both Bill Cartwright and Bill Lambeer were drafted. But who was drafted higher in that draft? I'm going to say my guy, three rings with the Bulls, Billy Cartwright. You are one for one. You are correct. Bill Cartwright was drafted third overall by the Knicks out of San Francisco. Meanwhile... The Cavs actually drafted Bill Lane Beer in the third round out of Notre Dame. So, yeah, not third overall, third round of the draft. Let so, me tell yeah. you about Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright was not, was a tall guy, obviously, played center in the NBA. Tall guy, breaking news. But he was right. slight of frame. But, like, when the Bulls would play the Knicks in those drag-out series, no one wanted to go in the paint on Bill Cartwright because he would sharpen up those elbows, man, and he would get you in the ribs with those pointy little elbows. Nobody wanted to do battle with him. Patrick Ewing was twice the girth of Bill Cartwright. Mm -hmm. He wanted nothing to do with Bill Cartwright. That's right. 
Uh, all right, now we move forward to 1999. The NBA draft featured two, well, two guys who were really good in college. One of them turned out to be a pretty good pro. Wally Zerbiak and Trajan Langdon, who did not have a good pro career. But which of those two guys got drafted first? Wally Zerbiak or Trajan Langdon? Well, you know, I, I think he's since moved, but once upon a time, Wally Zerbiak had a home here in central Ohio, and he was a big fan of the show. So I'm going with my guy, Wally Zerbiak, the Miami Red Hawk. You are correct. Pride of Miami University, you're exactly right, was the sixth pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do you remember Trajan Langdon, a.k.a. the Alaskan Assassin from Duke? I remember. I remember the name. I don't really recall what he did in the NBA. He was, he was a sharpshooter. He was a good player for Duke and then was taken 11th by the Cavs, and that pretty much doomed his career. Didn't play very – Didn't played, I think, two or three years and then ended up going overseas and having a career for a while. But, yeah, never panned out in the NBA. Kind of surprising. Uh, 1991 draft, Dikembe Mutombo – or Larry Johnson, and this would be the smooth grandmama Larry Johnson for Absolutely. those not in the know. Which of those guys was drafted? Uh, who was drafted higher in the draft, Dikembe Mutombo or Larry Johnson? I want to say Larry Johnson was a top ten pick, and I don't remember where Dikembe Mutombo was chosen. So I'm going to go with grandmama. Oh, you are correct. Smooth grandmama Larry Johnson out of UNLV was not just a top 10 pick, Mike. He was the number one overall pick. He was the pick. number one overall pick. Let him live. And, and who picked him? Shalehane. That's right. Uh, and Dikembe Mutombo went fourth to, to the Denver yeah. yep, out of Georgetown. So, yeah, both those guys' top five picks. And obviously Dikembe Mutombo had the much longer career. But I still think Larry Johnson was an underrated player. I, I lo- Dude, that guy was a force. I loved watching that dude Tim play. Tim Hall does the best Dikembe Mutombo. When I say the best, I mean the worst because okay. he just goes, ha, 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 not today. <laughs> we will ask we will ask Tim Hall to do that for us later. And, and by the way, the, of the names, I was I was throwing some of these names out to Evil Bald Colin before the show, and I'm not doing this to mock him. I'm doing this to point out how old we're getting, Mike. If you know these names, you are old because Colin is a well-versed sports fan. He can quote you stats and numbers and things that I have forgotten about. Many of us have forgotten about. He's very intelligent in that regard. I asked him, do you know Larry Johnson? He said, doesn't ring a bell. And so what I'm saying is, go back and watch Larry Johnson on YouTube. Go find some clips. The man was afraid. Hey, Colin, do you know Chiefs running back Larry Johnson? Do you know <laughs> yes, him? Yes, I know. He's okay. the son of our Larry Johnson. Yes, all right. Yes, okay, all right. Lots of Larry Johnsons. That, that the the son of our Larry Johnson though a little a, little crazy he's a piece of crap yes <laughs> yes a little crazy uh, 2001 NBA draft your guy Mike Richard Jefferson also Richard <laughs> Jefferson Bill Walton's guy uh, Richard Jefferson or Shane Battier who was drafted Ooh. first Ooh. good players I'm gonna, right I'm gonna Two go good players. with old Ripley head Shane <laughs> Battier you are correct. Shane Battier went sixth to Memphis. Of course, uh, uh, a Duke legend in his own right. Richard Jefferson uh, playing for Lute Olsen with the uh, box and one defenses. May Lute Olsen rest in peace. But Richard Jefferson went 13th to Houston from those Arizona Wildcats. Now we go back to 1981, Mike. Long, long time ago. Larry Nance Sr. or Danny Ainge, who was drafted first in the 1981 draft. Mm. Again, two solid Really good players in their time. Danny Ainge, two-way player. He was also uh, drafted 
Major League mm-hmm. Baseball as well. Yes, he was. Uh, I'm going to go with height always wins, right? I'm going with Larry Nance. You're right. He had the height, uh, not just physically, but also with the socks. Had the high socks he liked to wear. But Larry Nance drafted 20th overall out of Clemson by Phoenix. Danny Ainge was drafted in the second round by Boston from, of course, BYU. Uh, next up, 1993 draft. Sean Bradley or Bobby Hurley? Who got drafted higher in that in that draft? Mm, uh, I think it was Sean Bradley. Bobby Hurley had himself an accident, right? He, he did eventually. He did I don't eventually. Know. He did not play. Did he? Was that in the off season before he even played? You could be right on that, but and, and Sean Bradley was drafted higher. Bradley went second overall from BYU to Philadelphia, but Bobby Hurley was taken in the top ten by Sacramento. He was the seventh pick, and I think didn't he, he have a motorcycle accident or something oh, like that? Because I think I don't it know was, if Bobby Hurley did that. I know, I mean, Jason Williams had a motorcycle both did. accident. No, I did, think oh, they did Bobby both Hurley have that did. too? Yeah, I think Bobby Hurley almost died. Oh man, I've I've blocked that out. You're probably right. Either way, I was in college only. I'm speaking of. I was a fan of neither of them. So that's why I included both of them. I actually did not like either of them, so I put them both in there. Uh, 97 NBA draft. Ron Mercer or Keith Van Horn? Oh. While you uh, ponder that. I remember Keith Van Horn getting drafted really high. Oh, I'm going to go guys with Keith Van Horn. High. Yeah, you're right. Keith Van Horn and his knee socks. Second overall to the Sixers from Utah. Uh, Ron Mercer, sixth to Boston from Kentucky. Uh, Colin, do you remember Keith Van Horn at all? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, he was, he was not a nice player in the NBA, not a great player in the NBA, but in college, he had he had some game. Running with uh, Rick Majerus out there in Utah, right? Uh, next up, final one for you, 1982 draft. Clark Kellogg or Fat Lever? Who got drafted higher, Mike? I don't, Clark I Kellogg don't know, or Fat Lever? I, I don't My God, I don't know Fat. You don't know Lever. Fat Lever? Go look. I don't up, get, know Fat Lever. Learn about some Fat Lever. Get some I mean, Fat Clark Lever in Kellogg, your life. My guy, former Buckeye, the Bible saying. I'm gonna go with good old Clark. Clark Kellogg is correct. I, I'm undefeated, baby. I Clark got him all Kellogg right. is correct. You got him. This is the first game you've ever gotten all got right. All you were right. you were so worried you were not going to do well on this. You got him all right. Look at you. By the way, I want to correct myself. Bobby Hurley was just in an SUV. He was not on a motorcycle, okay. but it was his rookie year with the Kings. He got in a car accident. He was not wearing a seatbelt. Oh, and then he did not play until. Like two years later, I want to say. Yeah. See, I and only I played four that. more years after that. So his career was definitely shortened by that. Yeah, of course. Um, so Clark Kellogg, for what it's worth, went ninth, ninth overall, of course, from the Buckeyes to the Pacers in 1982. Fat Lever, Mike, went to Portland with the 11th overall pick out of Arizona State. And I want to say he played for a little while. I think I had some Fat Lever basketball cards back in the day. That, one, that would have been probably later in his career, but I... Yeah, I want to say he was around for a while. Played for a, a good long time. I forgot that Bobby Hurley is coaching at Arizona State. He's been there for yeah. a long time, too. Yeah, yeah, he, he got right into it. Uh, I want to say his brother did, too. Am I wrong? All right. All right. Let him live. I'm just happy that his I was undefeated in this game. Yeah, that's right. His brother's at UConn. That, there you go. Back page coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You'll find that Bethel Road westbound between Godown Road. 
road and every crash, please be cautious. This will remain closed until further notice. This traffic report is sponsored by DEA 360 Strategy, wakeup-centralohio.com. Heroin, meth, and fentanyl grip our community. Prevention and treatment can make a difference. It's time to wake up Central Ohio and protect those you care about. Visit wakeup-centralohio.com for resources to change lives. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine. And I'm just still getting over the, the technical marvel that was the show last night. Oh, man. Timmy Hall, where for the first 45 minutes, Tim was on the phone hosting. <laughs> you guys, it was the worst show oh, of my life. Oh, it rivaled man. my question to uh, Jim Tressel. Like, that's how bad <laughs> the radio <Tim> was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what, Common Man? I wanted to thank you. You are the guy you are because you can make a comment about... Shane Battier's ripple head when thinking of him out I of didn't the blue. think anybody well, would, you <laughs> would get it. If you weren't going to say it, I was going to say, like, old man wrinkle. Yeah, because he always had that wrinkly head. I thought that was one of his defining traits. Give me a little uh, uh, Dikembe Mutombo, like will you? Uh, 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 ripply head, not today. Oh, man. Hey, you have lines up? in your head, Shane. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Timmy, Will you tell guys me. settle something for me, please? Okay, go ahead. So Kristen and I uh, have, a, have a glass of wine, maybe two, every single night with dinner. Tonight, I am making breakfast for dinner. I'm making eggs and Love bacon it. and hash browns. And I, I brought up the, the bottle of wine that we're going to have. And We're having breakfast for dinner. We can't have wine. I said, why not? If I were to make you a, a, a piece of pork, which is the bacon, and served you a potato and said it's dinner time, you'd have no problem drinking a glass of wine. Now, we don't drink wine in the morning unless you're Bo Bishop because that's just not the way to start the day. But at the end of the day, I see no problem drinking a glass of wine with my eggs, bacon, and hash browns. Am I wrong or is she wrong? Now, first of all, at least you're, you're asking the wrong person on this because... As someone who likes to watch a lot of European-based soccer, that means I've watched soccer games at 7 a.m. at bars. So I have no problem sitting down to a breakfast with a stout with with some kind of alcoholic beverage. So, yeah, like I've had beers Kegs with breakfast. Eggs. Yeah, of course, man. If you're a college football fan, college football. you probably Get out there, out there to tailgate. Right? Yeah, what are we talking about? If you want to have a glass of wine in the evening, it doesn't matter what the dish is. You could be having cinnamon rolls. It doesn't matter. You, if you want to drink wine in the evening, I have no problem with that. All right, so here's where you should keep doing Kristen's voice for this topic because she's apparently okay with the notion of having the breakfast in the evening. Yes. So that in itself is a complete switcheroo of what normally should be done. Normally you should have a glass of wine with some other nicer kind of meal, not with a breakfast type food, but I'm with you here. You're having breakfast at night, so have the drink that you want to have with it. Break down some barriers. Go I ahead. could I could get behind her way of thinking if I was having waffles for dinner, because then that sweetness of the waffle and the syrup probably wouldn't go great with a glass of wine. But, but you're going savory in the bacon and the hash browns. Yes, all savory items. Yeah, see, I yeah. just look at it as if it's time of day for me, but quite honestly, if you want to have it in the evening, go ahead. I, I'm with you that I wouldn't really prefer a glass of wine with like sweet waffles. 
Also, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of breakfast like in in general compared to dinner because of the fact that you can have more of the savory stuff. You can have that for breakfast too, I guess, but like I don't like it that we don't do the reverse. I would like to be able to have a burger at 9 a.m. What is wrong with that? I've done that before. It's delicious. With yeah. an egg on it. With a fried egg. Boys, boys, boys. boys it's Matty A. Comma, man. How are you doing your eggs tonight? Uh, I'm going to do them. Uh, well, this is a different kind. Why do you. I have one minute left. I have one minute What's left, and you're doing this question? to me. Your producer What's, said he would help me out here. What's I going have on with to the do, eggs? I have to do the eggs two ways because the delicate genius. Kristen loves her eggs like barely touched by the flame. She likes that European creamy scrambled, but not really scrambled where it resembles eating cottage cheese. And I cannot eat my scrambled eggs like that. So I'm going to do mine over easy and I'm going to do hers barely cooked. That's how she likes her eggs. Great. Thank you. And then I'm going to take her to the hospital when she gets salmonella. (laughs) What's coming up on the Buckeye show tonight? I know you got no time. Just just listen tonight. Massive two hour show. Lots to talk about. Not today. Uh-huh. Buckeye show top Good. of the hour right here on the fan. Back page. Hit it. The back page. The back page. With Common Man and T Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call one eight hundred Cooling. Bone. Really quick. Uh, if you are a fan of peanuts, that would be the cartoon. Peanuts, Charlie Brown, Classic Holiday Specials. They had been on streaming. They were going to be only on streaming. Apple on TV Apple TV, Plus. right? Right, but because of pandemic and everything else, they have come to a deal where they will also broadcast a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and a Charlie Brown Christmas on PBS. So you will be able to watch those on both PBS and PBS Kids on November 22nd at 7.30 p.m. local time in your area. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas will air on those same channels December 13th at 7.30 p.m. local time. So I don't know missing... why, but that warms me. I like yeah, that. It's it's going to be available for everyone. So there you go. Happy holidays for everyone. Charlie Brown will have you covered. It will be on PBS if you want to watch it. So, Bone, do you make you know. a lot of scrambled eggs? Uh, a decent amount. I mean, you know I usually just make the scrambled eggs. When you put the, the eggs in the pan and they just start to form something... Yeah, I know, yeah. But it's nothing that looks edible. Kristen would be over your shoulder saying, Take them off! <laughs> if you yeah. like... <laughs> I can picture it. I know when you said the cottage cheese thing, I know exactly what yes, you're talking about. Yes, that's how she likes it. That's yeah. She likes that Parisian-style, almost-die-eating-your-eggs. That's how Man. she likes it. All right, well, good luck with that. Uh, Buckeye shows up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You'll find that earlier disabled semi has been cleared from the roadway of 71 southbound before 17th Avenue. All lanes are now open, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual delays in this area. This traffic report is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. At Batteries Plus, they power family road trips. They power bedtime stories. They do more than replace batteries and fix phones and papers power their lives. Visit them in-store, curbside, and at BatteriesPlus.com. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Hey! Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald. 
Bold ball. Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I too would be bold if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now. Yeah. For almost twenty years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. Need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. Thanks. You, you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like oh he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying would get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just fine want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer-loving yes, guy. Good. Right I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So, good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends, because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 